Heck boom. yeah. Boom. Shamelessly self-promoted. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, let's see if my hotkey's working. Boom. All right, we're live. The real question is, who's going to be the first viewer? Oh, the first viewer... Frank's been pretty on top of it lately. Frank? I I feel like Tristan's going to come through for Tristan? us. Tristan? The first one, yeah. Tristan? Okay. And I, and I bet you Ty comes in. I'm going to call it three beers in for me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where Ty is. If he's on on vacation, he said he's gone for the he weekend. He said he's so. gone, and it's and it would be a little like he might be a little late to it or something along those lines. All right, that's okay. Do I wait till a viewer shows to open the beer, or do I open the beer without him? <laughs> you can open it without him. I don't want to break any rules. No, there are no rules here. Um, it's like <laughs> Fight Club. The only rule is you don't talk about Fight Club. No, wait, no, no. You you talk a bunch. Um, no, I mean it really. <laughs> I guess we can just jump right in, but basically I accidentally made a podcast. Like, I just, all I do, I stream for a while and I just go go live and I talk a bunch. And, um, I mean, I've streamed for like four years about just video games, random D&D and stuff. And uh, the meme occurred that I, I have a, a rant mode that gets activated. <laughs> so, like, I'll just, like, you know, Matt, they did it to me on Wednesday Someone got me talking about Mass Effect, like, mid-playing WoW Classic or whatever. And they got me talking about Mass Effect, so I just, like, just, like, flew off the handle and started, like, ranting, right? And this is, like, a common thing for me. And so I literally have a rant cam. It's F1 on my keyboard, switches to the rant cam. It's got a little red blinking light that says rant cam. And it zooms in just, like, a quarter of an inch on my face. So it's, um, you know, it's just... It's just goofy, and like, and so I was just, you know, Ossiarch Bone Reapers came out, uh, teased, and I had been just talking with Joe the night before recapping NashCon for him, and then they actually came out, and I like, I'm like, I can't not talk about this, let's go live, and so Haywo, <laughs> Joe joined me, and like, and then like, he he made a tweet like a couple days later, and it's like, watch the new show, and I'm like, I do have a new show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and here we are, five episodes in. Yeah, five episodes. Why? No. I don't know. She wants to talk to you. About? I don't know. Is it gaming related? Probably. Mm, no viewers yet. Okay. What's up? I don't know. Here. What do you need, Valve? Corky can't leave. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> not, uh, not too bad. Literally, right now, I'm live. Yes. I have one. <laughs> I think it's me. <laughs> okay. You, you've got it. No, we got you. We've I've got a, a whole slew of games to get you addicted to. As long as, you, you know, the RL adulting things that our priorities get taken care of, we're fine. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Alright. No, you're good, Val. I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get you... I, I'd agree. 
Thank you, Val. Thank you. I think he needs a shelf for all his paints to display all the paints. He's probably working There's a lot on of paints. Yeah, the you can't see the other part where all the paints belong. Yeah, I'm just not good at putting them away. <laughs> I um, I mean, I I currently have my plastic glue sitting right here, my clippers. I've got paint on the hobby shelf of Doom. I've got like half a box of endless spells put together off to the side. A bunch of best. It's it's. It's a mess in here. It's just, uh, I stash everything precisely out of camera shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Um, no, so, like, I accidentally started a cast. Now we're five episodes in. And, um, I just, like, I was kind of going through and I'm like, I think I should have guests. But I don't want to do just, like, a standard interview so much as just a conversation with friends, you know? Yeah. And so bringing on a friend and uh i think we have like a when i first met you and i know i like uh, the, when i first met you i kind of had this perception that you were also kind of like removed a little bit from like your core gaming group the way i i i am and i know that you have um what is it the the fox valley gaming group and stuff like that i, I see you posting stuff in there from time to time and you got your mm -hmm. escalation league now trying trying right on trying. which is what uh which is what ergot's uh what is it damon spume here is from yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so like, uh, um, but basically I just kind of want to talk about, um, like how, like, how do you stay connected to the, the AOS community when you're a little like removed? And I think that that's a subject that probably resonates with a lot of people considering, I mean, just go to TGA or Facebook. Most people's opinions are formulated from kind of reading the book by themselves and then going online and talking about it. And, and like, that's cool. I spend a lot of time theory crafting, but like, you know, I guess what I want to kind of talk about when we get through this, and this is going to land us on the subject of D&D &D inevitably. <laughs> uh, so, like, if you came in here for only Age of Sigmar content uh, and corgis. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's lots of corgis. Sadly, yeah. mine's not here. I just got back from Las Vegas, and he's still with my mom. So. Uh, I, and I promise people double the double corgi stream. I've, I'm already a liar. Ah, oh, well, there's one corgi on camera, which I think is is impressive of itself. Yeah, so. this is Mochi down here. She uh, she she hates the camera. When I'm streaming, she goes and hides, because like I talk, <laughs> I talk and I like, and she's like, "Is he mad at me? I'm the only one in the room." <laughs> See, Odin's the exact opposite. When we're doing anything, he just jumps right up on my lap and tries to get like on the keyboard. Oh, so Mochi he can be part of it. She can be beckoned. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does no. his own free oh, will. She's got I'll, be, I'll be like writing notes for D and D, and he just jumps right up and like pushes his head under my arm, right on the keyboard, just yeah. slam. So that's awesome. How old is Odin? Ah, uh, he's almost a year and a half now. Oh, still puppy corgi. So, oh, Mo yeah. Mochi is just over ten years. She oh, acts exactly the same as she did when she was young, <laughs> and I'm told that's a quality of like the breed. Is they just they they act like a big dog, all the time, yeah. even though they're tiny, and uh, so like they always have like a little bit of an alpha persona with other dogs, and they strut, uh, and they maintain their energy pretty constantly. I mean, she she's getting a little hobbly now because she is she is becoming old and she has like a tiny hip issues, but it doesn't stop her from doing what I call the mochi run or the corgi run, where they like they they run like slinkies you know like, yep and their butt starts going <laughs> off to the right and then they got to pull it back over and <laughs> it's freaking adorable yeah um 
But before we, uh, so before we dive into the topic and many more tangents about corgis, I just, I've never asked you personally how you got into Age of Sigmar. And I have you, like, mentally pegged as a Warhammer fantasy battle guy who, like, followed it in, but I'm, but prove me wrong or right right now. Uh, you're very wrong, actually. I'm very so, wrong. Okay, okay. I, I started this hobby four days before Age of Sigmar release. Um, I had no idea that Age of Sigmar was coming. I didn't know anything about Warhammer Fantasy. I, I just saw it. I remember I was a kid. I was probably... I mean, Pokemon had just come out, and we were we were camping, and one of one of the, our family friends had this Warhammer magazine, and it had the old pewter models in it, and I wanted so badly to buy all the the elf models, and I asked my mom all the time. I'd be like, "Can we just please? Can we get one? Can we try it?" And and so they wouldn't let me do it. And I grew up in a smaller town where there wasn't hobby shops or anything like that. That I mean, there was a card store that had raw cards you know what those are don't you uh raw wrestling. like wwe wrestling cards i see yep. you got the boss in the background there yeah um, sasha banks <laughs> sasha banks continental champion <laughs> <laughs> all right so you you like uh raw cards could yeah 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 so i i would i collected those a lot as a kid like i i always wanted like the nerd inside me to be embraced and i was a big comic book guy and i so it just wasn't accessible as much and this was back you know pre-internet at least very early dial-up days where you couldn't just jump online and find anything you wanted so yeah the, I, go ahead. yeah the notion of like a forum is even in the internet like now we're kind of on the tail end of even forums being a thing but like even just going to a forum like that was dedicated in the early days of the internet they were it was the angel fire sites right like it was it was obscure to like find you could find it but especially when you're younger it's like uh you know there wasn't a google search yet it yeah was, you know like there was it was it was rough ah you win yes <laughs> tristan first in chat um you have come for rants. No, uh, so, like, you, 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 you wanted your nerd to get out, and, like, so you had already been collecting, like, raw cards, your WWE raw cards? Yeah, and then I and then I discovered uh, Heroclix, which I have, I don't know where they are, but I have just a massive box full of those. Um, but then that was kind of it for, like, that, this genre, right? Like, I don't even know if we consider Heroclix part of this genre, but... Um, I would. I would. Yeah. So, so that was it, and then I... I became invested in sports in high school and college. And then I, I don't know what it was. One day, uh, one of my coworkers said, Hey, have you ever heard of, of Warhammer? And I said, nah, I don't think so. And he was like showing me pictures of this stuff that he used to do when he was a kid. And I was like, Oh, that's that thing that I always wanted my mom to buy me. And now I have this money that I can waste and buy myself. So I went into to the local GW and just started like I want everything on the wall. I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to play. I didn't know anything about it. So, but Heath, who was the uh, the uh, shop owner and a good friend of ours, um, now was like, just hold on a couple more days. Come in next weekend and and we can talk and just just look on the website right now and figure out what you like and we'll and we'll get you going next week. So, I come back in and I I'm like okay, I know what I want to do. And I, I had boxes from like 10 different armies and three different allegiances. And I didn't make any sense to buy them together. And I was like, this is what I want. These are really cool. And he's like, well, you should probably just, you know, 
pick one, and I I started a Slaves of Darkness army, and it was it was August right because or July whenever it was when AOS came out, um, and they did they did an armies on parade, in um, in October, and I was like I really want to get this army. I want to get a you know a thousand point army even though there weren't points then so it was units and i was like i want to get this and i want to get it done and never painted a model never touched the model of this style in my life i used to build model cars when i was a kid but um so i i started painting and i and i just was going to town and i had this this idea in my head of it kind of came from like wrath of the lich king so my i was the frost cloaks and as they marched forward they brought the frost with them and i painted up a bellicor um, which this is good camera time. Hold on one second. Yeah, yeah, no, bring it. And hi, uh, Tulu, uh, or is that be maybe Tulu Babash? <laughs> Welcome. All right, so I don't know. This this here is the Bellicor that uh, led the army, but is it going to be light enough? Can you see it? It's a little dark, but we kind of get the monitor yeah. light. So so here, I'll put a picture on Twitter too. So this is the first model I ever painted to lead this army, and the whole whole concept was he was marching forward. Uh, uh, Bellicor Bella, yeah. is the one that has the like once per game you see or you secretly pick a model. Yeah, and then once per game, give your opponent the middle finger, right? Right. I had I had that happen to my Nagash in my first uh, tournament in the wild. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so someone bellicored me. <laughs> yeah. So that's I mean that's basically it. That's how it started, and then uh, I I just hammered out this army, and I I mean I I did a display board. I did if, if we're talking points today, I probably did just close to two thousand points, and uh, I. How long I, did it take you to get pound out like two k points? Honestly, like six weeks. <sighs> wow. And yeah, and it, it just like I'm Heath was teaching me everything and, and showing me how to dry brush and blend and all this stuff, and I was picking up on things really fast and and uh, it just all kind of clicked for me. And then I I made this display board. I had a fr I had like a back cliff with a frozen waterfall coming down it, and I was pouring resin and I melted my display board and ruined <laughs> a bunch of my girlfriend's stuff. And then <laughs> I, I did that like the night before, and I and I put some uh, two part nail polish acrylic on it to to seal it and make it look like it was frozen. And it just reeked. So I drop it off at the GW, and everyone's talking crap about how <laughs> I, I only got votes because everyone got so high when they stood next to my display board because of all the <laughs> nail polish. So, so anyway, I you know I, I don't know anything about it, and I set it up, and I ended up getting second place in Armies on Parade back when it was just first, second, and third for all of the wow. category. There wasn't the individual categories or anything like that, right? Um, and I mean, the the shop. I, I think there was like 50 people that brought in boards, and the whole shop was sh display boards and stuff. And so it was super, super cool. Um, and that was kind of my my entry point into the hobby was just this super cool AOS experience to me, where points didn't mean anything because I didn't know what the hell they were, and it didn't matter if things were balanced. I was still just kind of learning and stuff like that, and it it just was. It was just like this perfect experience where I could make up a story behind my army and yeah, I painted corn blue and everyone was like, why are you doing that? Corn isn't blue, it's red. Oh, well, blue blood corn, this is... God. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I don't 
think so. I This is what I want. And I didn't know the, the lore or that kind of stuff. So I just got to tell a story. And it was one of the most like magical experiences I've had in my life because I got to just ex- fully express myself in this army. And, and I just tagged you in this picture. I should have tagged Tristan. <laughs> I'll, I'll pull it up here on stream here when it comes up. Yeah, but. so... There's there's my Boom. first rant of the night. Wow, look at that. See? <laughs> Woo! Cheers. No, I, I just want to point out that this is the second stream in a row we've talked about blue corn. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it really? Yeah. yeah, so uh, it was uh, someone in my chat with, uh, the last stream was talking about blue corn. So that's, that's funny. <laughs> so you're not alone. There's plenty of you rebels out there. Yeah, yeah. Um... You can hide an open bottle of nail polish in every of Bryce's display boards from now until he catches you. <laughs> oh, savage. Uh, <laughs> Heard me tell jokes while you're gone. All right. Oh, man. No, so, so like, you, you, you kind of, like, came onto it, like, like, sort of hobby first. And, like, narrative first, even. Like, the, the, it's weird, because, like, I was going to ask a question, and it's not a question I normally ask, but, like, hobby gaming or other and you and you think you like because i consider you a hobby hero like you're in one of those categories of 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 people like i look forward to seeing models on on twitter and stuff like that that i like i would ask for advice on how to paint stuff uh basing in particular uh i know (laughs) you've got a reputation for for doing pretty good bases and they hold up and this is this is is this the very first like you haven't really gone back to this this bellacore that is that is truly the first hero I've ever painted. So I painted a unit of five Dark Riders first, and that was that. So that's I don't even know if I have them anymore. I think I stripped them, but this is the first model that I've painted from start to finish with a base. Look at and uh, there's almost no practice or anything like that in between. Man, so. if you see my first model, it is a resin skeleton, one of the old old plastics, right? Um, yeah. Literally an old, like an old, old, like '90s dip technique with globby red eyes. It's like the worst. I can't even find it. One day I will. It's it's terrible. Um, but I was like 12. Yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly, I don't think I'm capable of. I'm capable of better now, but <laughs> only just. Um, yeah. So so um, like I said, I, I can I do consider you in the, the hobby hero vein, but you've also what was it, Midwest meltdown? You went four and one. So like. Yeah. And and uh, your team was uh, one best team overall. We did. Like you're basically the total package. Like when it comes to this <laughs> game. Yeah, I mean, I I just for me, it's always been like more of a bonding thing. And and yeah, it's fun to win the games. But if if I can tell a story while I'm playing a game, and and one thing I've always wanted to do is this like escalation style league. And we, we tried to do a few path to glory campaigns, but you know, life gets in the way and whatnot, but just a, like a six month, one year long thing where I can put pieces of your army on my base and just bash it all up and tell the story of this whole campaign that we played. Like that's the dream that I wish I could, could have, but it's so hard to get people that want to consistently push the hobby and, and, do it that way you know right right so you're you're currently you're doing i guess i guess tell me about your escalation league while we're just on the subject because you're oh it's 
Yeah. It's like pulling teeth, man. I'm trying so hard. I, I post and I post like every day and, and I get nothing. I get, we have, we have new people that are super excited about the hobby, but we just, I just can't get people to, to paint with me and follow along with me. So I'm still trying. I it's, and it's just 500 points, like six weeks to paint 500 points and then a month to add 250 and, and, in hopes that everyone would get to 2000 points by, by like Adepticon time. So I'm See, still trying and, and props to, to Mark Ramchek and Isaiah Ramchek for, for joining in and, and trying to help me motiv- motivate the people up here um, to, to follow along and do it as well. Hmm. See, I've got like two, over 2000 points of best of gores because technically I have Cygors that came in the star collecting boxes. Um, I could maybe do this. Maybe we'll see. I mean, it's it's just a good way to to get yourself to paint, right? It's true. So so when you're doing the escalation, like you were talking about taking bits of people's armies and putting them on your base, like, uh, do you like imagine people coming at the store and like doing like a hobby thing like once a week or something as they go through the escalation, you know, painting along with you or having like a oh. painter hobby day? Oh, and then like you can swap some you can swap some bits and like okay like you beat me last week you know we got to go up 250 points I'm going to take you know he- you're going to take heads of my best cigars and start putting them on banners and stuff like Yeah yeah like in a dream world I would I would have like not that I don't and I think part of it is as an artist you're always critical on yourself right but I I don't consider myself an expert by any means I I just practice and take my time but I would love to host little hobby seminars where we, we talk about converting or painting this style or you know it just this is how you build a wet palette yeah you can find the inter- the videos on the internet but seeing it in person is always different and i know a lot of people don't paint a lot because they're intimidated by it or their stuff doesn't turn out as good as steve herner's or vince's or whatever it might be they've but been like, doing it a long time though you have to understand yeah, yeah. you know if the hobby yeah. journey is stairs you're climbing stairs and they're just it's not that you can't run up the stairs and kind of catch and close some distance, but it's you still got to go through the steps, you know, to to, to ascend. Um, but yeah, continue your point. Like they see the the Herners and 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 the Vince Venturellas and uh, you know Mike, he's got some really great stuff too. Like and they just like get deflated that they're not there yet. Um, I see. I think that the acceptance of the Age of Sigmar community and just the willingness to to play with people and want people to be part of this um is what makes it great you know because it is a personal experience the army you build and play and even if you're even if you're like i want to win you know there's three armies that can win win it all right you're going to gravitate towards one because you're your personal whatever your whatever your, your personal flavor your personal style whatever it is you're gonna those personal parts kind of regardless of the type of player show up and painting is the best like painting and hobby is the best way to express all of that right yeah 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 exactly and like i don't know i i think that when you put like the time and the the passion into a project even if even if it is the filth right like you can you can paint up a convert a a prime example vince this beautiful well-painted tons of effort slanesh army like it, it doesn't have to be painted that well, but when you put that much time into it and you play with it and you win with it, it, it means even more. Like I've had my elves for 
whole time I've done this now, and every every time I paint up a new elf, I, it's better and it's more rewarding. And putting it on the table and and having people go, oh wow, that looks really nice. That's that's almost as rewarding as winning the game for me. And and I I just love to express things through the through the painting and the hobby. And how cool would it be to play like an Iron Jaws army in an Escalation League, and you just get to kit up all your stuff with different armies that you're fight, facing and fighting and winning. And I don't know. It's just a dream. So See, I have a herdstone that is dying to have, like, body parts roasted on exactly. it. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, like I just, like, I'm going to have to get a separate base for it of all the things I want to murder and have currently being burned in it. Yep. <laughs> and I have a whole story to go with my, with my Beast of Chaos, how, like, they're trying to, they have the heart of a volcano that they don't know is, like, an old daemon prince who's been captured, and they've been, like, sacrificing people to the volcano, and, yes. you know, good things have been happening for them, but then, uh, the Necroquake happened, and it cracked the volcano, and they had to, like, mine the heart and go on our sojourn, and so nice. they have to keep throwing blood on the the well because why would you move with your herdstone right exactly well yeah. this is why so they move the the reason <laughs> they they have like a bunch of beasts of burden carrying the herdstone because it's the heart of their volcano and they have to constantly be throwing blood on it usually the blood of their enemies is good but like in a pinch an ungor will work <laughs> so, <laughs> so so um yeah like I no I um. When are you trying to run the Escalation League? Like, are you, are you, do you have like a target number of players you need before you start running it? Or, I, I mean, I'd be happy with one player or or six players or just like one like, other person to do it with. Or, yeah, I mean, I like Mark, Mark and Isaiah are in, and you know, I I know there's people that are like dabbling their feet in being in, but they they haven't committed in posting progress. And like, I, to me, if it if it is, oh, let's make it longer so we can have two months to paint it or whatever it is. I don't really care. I just want to help people move down this path of hobby and storytelling, right? I mean, right. well, I'm sure, like you've said, we'll talk about the wonder that is D&D, but, like, you can still tell these incredible stories through this hobby as well and, and the, the fun that there is to have with it, so... Um, it's something I like. I originally the plan was this weekend adventure games, which is where we're uh, where we're having hosting the Escalation League is having an event um, this weekend. So I, I was gonna maybe push it to next weekend because it's the last day they're in the store before they're moving, and I absolutely love that store. I highly recommend if you do live in the area that you go visit it before they move. I'm sure once they move it'll be awesome, but they, it I know this one's awesome. So. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, I, I, if it takes pushing it back to October 1st or whatever it is to get people, and even it, like, I've, I've know I've posted on Twitter before, but if it's people at home, like, like someone with a super t cool Tomb Kings army that wants to add to it and, and keep uh, growing that Tomb Kings force and, and play along from a distance, like, yeah, we can't play each other, but we can still encourage the hobby and, and share our passion with the world, right? Man, I wonder who in our chat that would exactly describe that could be part of it. <laughs> so, so that, that that parlays actually accidentally nicely from one rant into like the next rant, which is like this 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 disconnect. And I know we we uh, went to to Nashcon and uh, stayed up recklessly late on what was that Friday night, Saturday night. It was Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yeah, it would have been Saturday night, recklessly late. Uh, you, me, Tom, Ty. 
and the Ram checks were there for a good portion of it too. Um, mm. just, just talking, bonding and stuff like that. And, um, like Age of Sigmar, unlike D and D, um, I play a lot of these other games. Like I am, I am the perpetual escapist, you know, like I, I use comics. I use, uh, you can probably even see like my comic collection, part of my comic collection on my shelves behind me. Um, like I use, I, I'm just the chronic escapist. I want to read comics and, 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 and play D and D and play video games to like kind of escape and check out D and, uh, uh, D and D I love, but even that is like that same, like I'm going to make, I'm tired of what's going on in this world. So I'm going to make a world and I'm going to go there for once a week or a couple times a week when I'm creating stuff like AOS is the, the escapist vice where I actually connect with people and it's, kind of crazy is that D D does have have some of that fulfillment because i do have players that i have to like play with every week and tell the story to but it that the mental reps i'm getting in really are like i'm i'm not going to be here here for like six hours i'm out of you know i've checked out whereas like age of sigmar like it it helps me stay active talking to people on twitter when i could just not turn on social media and i know social media is like a weird cop-out but like when like, I live in a town I, I, that I like. I moved to for my family, and like I don't have friends here. Um, and it's hard to make friends when you're an adult and you don't know if you share interests with people, and you've got a big family, and you, you know, or whatever. It's hard to make friends. Period. Like, yep. <laughs> like it's just it's hard to make friends. Like I, um, and and to have that like this game where I know that like I can go and play it. Like that's why tournament. I'm a big fan of tournaments and i i like what your where your head's at with this escalation league is it almost like gives you an excuse to make an event of something so that like you 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 schedule it and you go and do it and then you can in age of sigmar for me like now i connect with people again i i go to nashcon talk to friends hang out all night and then there's a game that happens in between that and i like that i really do um and i'll ask you the question and then i'll ask me how have you stayed connected you know you've got the 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 hot you i think this escalation league and a lot of like the twitter stuff but like how do you like stay connected now from your little like island yeah i mean i think it's it's two part and it, it definitely starts with with what you mentioned and and like the tournament scene and and like i say tournament because that's what it is right but for me it's not i'm not going to try to try to win a tournament i genuinely go to hang out with some of the coolest people i've ever met like we're, we're, I don't know if it's just us in the Midwest or, it, I mean, I guess t- technically people say Nashville's the Midwest, so we can include that. But like the people that I've met through traveling in the last three years across, you know, what, five, six, seven states, it, it's just been a truly wonderful experience. The people have had an impact on my life and, and that alone, it's maybe it's not keeping in touch with the, the same people or the the, the same things I used to do when I lived in Milwaukee, but it's, it's given me a way to still embrace all the things that I love about the hobby and meet new and wonderful people along the way. Uh, so that's one, I mean, if it wasn't for the tournament scene, I, I don't know that I would paint in the way I do. I'd probably, I'd probably focus more on painting models and busts and things like that. But, um, painting up armies so that I can go and play with these people and be part of it is, is, definitely something that keeps me going um obviously 
the playing and slaying crew, the basement of death. Um, those are some of my closest friends as well. Uh, I make trips to Milwaukee just to record a podcast because <laughs> it keeps me in touch with them. And, uh, they've they've been a huge part of my um life over the last three years uh so just the podcast you you know it it gives us a chance if nothing else you know even if no one's listening the four of us can get together and just stay in touch and talk and 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 just kind of escape from everything else so there's that and then the original crew the guys from milwaukee you know um heath brendan dave three of three of the people that really are the reason why I started the hobby, not necessarily started, but stayed like made it past that first step, you know, like to commit They're starting yeah. and then there's committing like, okay, now I'm in this. Yeah. And they, I mean, they, they were a huge part when I, when I lived there and could be there, you know, we, we would hang out in the shop two, three days a week. And, and, you know, sometimes we just sit there and chat. Sometimes we paint, sometimes we play. Um, but, but knowing that I can maintain those relationships, even if it is from a distance, by going to the events, doing the podcast, doing rants where people listen to us talk like fools about things we love, um, it so just about. you know it it keeps that fire going and and it and like people thinking stuff's cool like when you when you do something different or you, you do an escalation league where you have a theme behind what you're doing and and people like to see it and it kind of motivates you to keep going, so. Between those three, and then obviously the social media that that keeps everyone connected, no matter where you're at, right? Like uh, the 400 people we talk to all the time are are people we might not ever pick up the phone and call, but we can take them in a tweet anytime we want and and start up this crazy NBA chat about trading me to Detroit or whatever <laughs> whatever they might be. So yeah, yeah. No, I um, you're you're right. Um, I think and and if I were to switch this into like a, a advice giving advice stream um i unintentionally did some of the same stuff you're talking about whereas like i would go i go to the tournaments and I, and I start meeting all these people and i've i've only been out of my like lgs and like closed circle of friends like gaming group for for age of sigmar for about a year now little little over a year i my aim was to go to adepticon last year is like because I got death just before the LON tome. LON came out in the process. I'm like, I'm gonna try to get this finished uh, for Adepticon. Missed the target. I'm like, okay, so what's the next tournament? Right? It was Gen Con, and uh, I guess it was only 12 people, but I won my hammer, and it's no <laughs> less valid that I won my hammer. <laughs> um, Is it more valid than Hobby Bear's hammer? Yeah, because he doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, I actually thinking of doing a quest for the hammered type, like where he plays like a chess master. He plays like three games simultaneously, and if he defeats the gauntlet, um, he could he could I'll I'll beseech my hammer like to him like that's the prize. <laughs> um, but no, and then like the, and I ran into uh, Kyle there, um, and Kyle uh, he jokes that it's like uh like it was like cold sales and the closer was Christian. <laughs> but I, I ran into Kyle at Gen Con and, uh, and he's like, oh, dude, you should come to Dragonfall. And then like next thing I know, I'm at Dragonfall and I meet you and I, I meet you and Butch there. I meet uh, uh, Mike, uh, Sporadic Mike uh, there. I, I meet uh, Tom McClure. Like I meet all these like these great people. Mark, uh, the Ramchecks, I met. I, we played uh, Isaiah and Mark in the, la the last round and it got to the point where Isaiah... And I were just resolving these massive slap fight combats between all his plague bears and all my skeletons. 
and Joe and Mark just like look at each other like let's go get a coffee and a smoke and just like walk away from the table. <laughs> and like and so like they just like go and like we just hang out and you know we're just talking and like Isaiah and I actually ended up st- talking about League of Legends of all things. Um uh like so it was like like you know bonding and, and finding and, and that's where like I began to like gain this fascination of like of like Age of Sigmar is almost like like, I'm very passionate about this game. I mean, I, you know, who knows how, how much I rant about it every week. But, like, it's almost like these, like, these overlapping spheres I've begun to notice in the in the hobby that, like, where it's like, I know I have this common thread with all these people I'll ever meet. And then when I find out that, like, oh, you know, Tristan, he, he was just in chat here, like, oh, he likes basketball. And then, like, that bond deepens then because mm-hmm. it's like we got age of sigmar and like oh man so now i know that he's my age of sigmar friend i can talk basketball to and and you like i just you get these little like sort of like these like big it's like chains like you get these these more links in this chain and like really strengthen the bonds pretty quickly um but then the next step i took was now i i have to be active in talking to people on twitter scheduling casts to like stay connected and and stuff like that because i i, I do feel a little bit isolated from time to time and um you know getting to a tournament uh, like every couple months can be really rough um and some people and expensive and expensive some people don't have that like aren't fortunate enough to do that you know and so i consider myself really lucky but i'd also tell them that if they have any you know if there's advice mode if they have any apprehensions about going to a tournament seriously don't like just go once you owe it to yourself and meet some of the great people of this hobby, and then from there, go bug them on Twitter or Facebook or wherever, and and keep those bonds going. Even if you can just make one tournament once every few years or something like that, just try it. It's worth it. Um, well, yeah, I think part of it too is like it's kind of a special space, right? Where like we have this really niche hobby where it's like not a ton of people do it, but all the people that do it are kind of like in their own way, somewhere or another, like. I don't want to say social outcast or what, you know, but like misfits in, in certain ways. Like it's not, it's not the cool thing to do to paint models when you're, when you're a kid and it's not, you know, all the other things we're passionate about, we're, we're a bit more comfortable talking about with each other because hell, if, if I like AOS and I love Thor, I can talk to you about Thor and make a pretty good assumption that you've at least read a comic book in your life before. And it's like, it's kind of like this nerd culture of ours that's that's becoming more and more accepted as as time passes. But everyone in this hobby is like has their own kind of basement of shame that we can all talk about and not be <laughs> shamed about. You know, I I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except the, uh, no, no. It's um, it's true because you have that like, and the other side of that is like you might be talking to one of the normies who happens to be in the hobby, but like they're in your you know they're they're in your side of things like yeah. it's yeah. like they're the weird one if they're normal and they like <laughs> this stuff <laughs> like, um yeah it's i mean i think there's a there's a there's a, a a lack of judgment there um where like you just you know that like you've already passed the first threshold of like i play age of sigmar so like i already know they kind of accept my whatever my particular type of weird is my my type of outcast status and i'm like so like then it's just a matter of like okay well you know, I do happen to love comics, and I, 
Didn't anticipate a full comic sidebar, but we might get into one. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to. I owe it to this the stream to do that. Um, because I'm a I'm a huge comics fan. Like, my comic store was my hobby store growing up. Jimmy Jams, Winona, Minnesota, just the place. In fact, I collected basketball cards, and trading basketball cards is how I bought my first uh, RPG books. It's how I bought uh, my initial Warhammer uh, fantasy book models. It's, uh, it's like, it, it bankrolled, like, everything when I was young. It was, like, that and mowing lawns. <laughs> so, uh, it, um, but, yeah, I mean, I would go in and I'd be like, hey, Jimmy, like, how's it going? Uh, oh, you know, great, Andrew. I'm like, what should I read this week? Here, you'll love this. And he'd, re and, you know, he recommended, uh, Rising Stars by, uh, uh, J. Michael Straczynski, uh, was one of those, like, just comics when I was, like, he, he gave, he put, he's the guy who put Sandman in my hand. You know, like, this is this is Sandman, you know, you're gonna love this, here's Preacher, like, like I'd always go to, uh, it was uh, called Econo Foods, and they had, a, like, a prolific magazine aisle, and the first section of the magazine aisle was actually just all comics, just one full shelf area of actual comics, like, for real. Nice. Like, not even just, like, the popular stuff, like, real, like, and I guess they did it because, like, Econo Foods grew from, like, the old drugstore style. And so they had, like, the Archie comics and stuff, which were always, like, a hot seller coming up through when that business was growing. And so he just, he had, like, a little mini comic book section. My, my family would go shop, and I would sit there reading the new X-Men. Um, yeah, at the time, the Uncanny X-Men, or, uh, I think it was Uncanny X-Men was doing its run at that time. Um, anyway, yeah, so, so, like, it was actually, like, I, I did that, and that was, like, my comic book store. Like, it's so associated with all these things. Um, I already assume your favorite hero is Thor. Yeah, yeah, so Thor, Thor is my favorite hero because of my childhood, like, so growing up, my, my grandma actually is the one who would read comics with me of all people, um, and it was one of those things, like I said earlier, there, there wasn't anywhere where I could go and get, get comic books, like, I had to take a trip to Madison to get comic books, so... Like it was super special when I got them, and I, I just loved Thor growing up. I, I've always loved Norse mythology, and I just think it's, it's the coolest thing, and 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 the meaning behind everything is super important to me. So so Thor is my my favorite, like deep down comic book hero. But I think if I had to say like, other than the obvious, my favorite. Oh, that is that is one loaded question, but what if I what if I say a a top five or top, top three? Top five in no particular order, like a top five. Can you can you rattle off a top five? I would say Logan is is probably. I think I could safely say Logan is number two. <laughs> my boy, so that's my number one. Okay, James yeah. Howlett, Logan. He always has been, and uh, I'll give you exactly why. So the X Men cartoon was huge when I was growing up. Uh, I was a I loved uh, TMNT Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because uh, yep. who, who the heck didn't uh, Thundercats yeah. before that uh, it was like Thundercats TMNT and then X Men and just chronologically speaking it, that's the stuff that like was coming out as I was growing up okay and X Men comes out and you went to school I think I was in like the second grade when it was like airing on airing on on Fox and on Saturday morning cartoons man uh, I was in like the second grade. And I would go to my friend's house, and we would play X-Men. And we would all be X-Men from the show. And 
And Love nobody it. ever wanted to be Wolverine because his powers didn't do anything. Like, I think we lost uh, Skype there for a second. Yep. Reconnecting. I'll just keep going with the rant here because Dead Air is the worst. Wait, maybe he's back. Maybe. No. At least he, at least we caught him with a smile instead of like a weird like yawn or something. Um. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Wolverine's my number one uh, because nobody else wanted to play him, so I was always playing Wolverine. One of my friends in particular, his favorite hero was Gambit because he, ha he had found a stick in the woods that was the most like a bow staff ever. And so he had the bow staff, so he always got to be Gambit, and I played Wolverine because uh, nobody else wanted to play Wolverine because Cyclops had blasts, Gambit blew stuff up. Nobody did, like, and the, their whole thing is, like, oh, his powers don't do anything. And so, like, it became, like, this badge of honor to, like, be that outcast even early. I'll try to call and get him back real quick. Uh-oh. Yeah, technical difficulties. Perfect. Maybe he's in the middle of a thunderstorm like we've been having all week. Emoji. Emoji, emoji. Emoji. All right. I'll just pet a corgi on live on on live TV for a little bit. All right. Uh oh, he's not online. I'll minimize that for now so you don't have to see other information. Um, well, I don't want to, like, keep going with the discussion about comics without him. So, chat. AMA, real quick. Ask me anything. Real quick. You get an AMA. Wolverine is best. My uh, number two and three may surprise you, though. Favorite Skaven model look-wise and then rules-wise. My favorite Skaven model is by far fucking Nick at Claw. I'm sorry, I guess now he's just an Arch Warlock. But uh, Ick at Claw by far and away is my favorite uh, look-wise uh, Skaven model. Um, S Deathmaster Snitch, also pretty cool, both versions of him. Like his old version where he had like the poison danger in the tail. Here we go. Oh, sorry about that. No, you're good. Well, uh, Kick the power uh, trip, turning the light on, but that's okay. <laughs> so Back this was, now. you're only one beer in and you uh, you hit the power strip? No, no, I didn't hit it. I, I, I must have uh, had one too many things plugged into it, and uh, <laughs> turned, tried to turn this light on so that you could see me better, and then uh, flip the circuit. So, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. No, the, uh, the, I just w switched to AMA mode with my stream, and uh, there you go. I knew I, you could handle it. Yeah, I can handle dead air, um, live broadcast. To put you on the spot. Make I sure know it was. Prepared. Oh, Mochi wants to go out. Hang on, I gotta let her. No more cordy cam. Bye-bye, <laughs> Mochi.
All right, mochi is free. Um, be free, mochi, mochi. Um, hang on a second, I gotta turn off mochi cam so you're not just staring at my ground. There we, there we go. Um, and then uh, as far as what my favorite Skaven model is rules-wise, that'll have to be continued. <laughs> oh, we're talking Skaven. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was just mentioning that my favorite hero was Wolverine, uh, largely because we get together, and we play, we play X Men on the block, and uh, I was the only one who wanted to play Wolverine. Essentially, how is that even possible? I don't know. the The main logic from kids, you keep in mind, we're like second graders and stuff. One of my friends had like a great stick from the woods, and so he had the bow staff, <laughs> and so he always wanted to be Gambit. That's fair. I and mean, then, if like, you had to pick a second choice. That would be the well. Second. That I mean, he is the second second choice. But like, yeah. the the big reason they said is like Wolverine doesn't do anything. Like his powers don't do anything. They're not obvious. Like he didn't shoot blast. He didn't blow stuff up. Okay. Hello. What's what's going on, Colin? Nobody. Hmm? Not during a live broadcast. Later. Bye. Um. No. So like his powers don't do anything, and that that actually kind of became a badge of honor. Like, so I was, like, just doubled down on my outcast status, I guess. And, um, and then, like, maybe a little bit more personal than a rant cast deserves, but, um, I, I came from, like, a, uh, my mom was bipolar, um, and she wasn't super nice, uh, and, like, Wolverine regen. And I used to, like, go into the office and, like, um, you know, like, I'd have to make up excuses for I was hurt. Like, literally, one of note was, like, I actually, like, I, I... I'd really messed up like the side of my knee and the side of my arm. And I took uh, toilet paper and electrical tape and bandaged them up. And, you know, and my, and, you know, my teacher's like, Oh, what happened here? And I'm like, Oh, you know, play hockey, <laughs> like <laughs> play hockey. Um, yeah. And, and so I remember having to talk to like social services and stuff like that. And so like, I'm just figuring out like Wolverine and comics and stuff and thinking it's my fault that they're coming to talk to me and my sister and my brother. And going, if I could just heal like Wolverine, then this wouldn't be a problem. You know? And like, and that just deepened my bond to Wolverine. So as I grew up and I got older and older, it's just like, it's just, it's just only ever intensified. So Wolverine's just, he's always been my guy. Now I'm not the person who'll tell you I've owned every Wolverine comic ever or that like, <laughs> I've read them all, you know, um... I've read a bunch of them. Uh, Wolverine End Times and Old Man Logan are some really, really good runs of comic. Um, End Times especially, where he's got the busted the busted adamantian claw, and it starts out with them burying Sabretooth. Like, ooh, yeah. so good. Um, but, like, uh, but, yeah, so was, Wolverine was just my guy. He's still my guy. He's always going to be my number one. And then the movie Logan was just the movie I, like, I, a Wolverine fan, have always deserved. Yeah, because I, yeah, we all have, right? We, yeah, every. Have you watched it in black and white? Not yet. I have oh, the God. like special collector's edition Blu-ray. I got it for my birthday um, from my buddy Sam, and so it's like I'm just I'm waiting for the the the. It'll have in the winter. Uh, I watch a lot more movies in the winter because of my job. It's mm -hmm. construction related, so I, I get a lot more free time. Um, and in the summer, it's like only the things I must do, and then like my spare time must be like creating content or like absolutely you know it's got to fill up maximum amount of time so uh, i'll uh, i'll put it on the list for like my uh, winter movie marathon but how is it does it 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 just takes it to a whole new level i mean <sighs> you have to be a, a like a movie guy i think to to appreciate 
a black and white movie and the, the difference that it makes. But man, when I, I, I love that movie. I think it's fantastic color or black and white. But when I first time I watched it in black and white, it was just, when it ended, I just kind of just sat there and took a few minutes to just reflect on how incredible it is. So, and there's, there's like a, um, so like when he, he's holding, um, 23's hand at the end there or whatever. And like, you remember it was one of the X-Men movies where they say, where she says he sees like a future and he, like she mentions his future or something like that. Like that was from the other crappy X-Men movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, Oh, like it even made something bad better. That's how good it was. (laughs) Like it retroactively went back in time and made another bad movie. Good. (laughs) Like, no, so Wolverine's my number one by, like, a huge margin. And then my number two and three aren't uh, aren't Marvel guys anymore. They're, I switched to Vertigo. It's uh, Spider-Jerusalem from Transmetropolitan and uh, John Constantine from Hellblazer. Okay. And also Constantine. Um, I'm just a huge Marvel fanboy, so, like, I, I've barely read any comics. I, I will you know? physically hand you my entire Hellblazer set. I will, like, <laughs> it's it takes up the middle chunk here. On my top shelf, I will physically hand, just like, here are 11 anthologies, read them all. Like, there's some new shit coming out, you don't need to read it, read this, here you go. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and why, why The Last Man, if you haven't, if you haven't read it, is, is fucking phenomenal as well. So, and that's, yeah. so I'll, I'll, I've got those, those are the big hardcovers. They're, um, like, as a writer, uh, those are things that I aspire to be able to write. Like this is, these are stories that change people's lives. You know, like these are the sort of things. Um, so those are my top three. If I stay in the Marvel universe, Magneto and, uh, and Captain America. Magneto's yeah, a ga- captain guy. Yeah. I, look, I, I didn't like him when I was younger. I didn't like the boy Scouts, but as I got okay. older and it happened, like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. It happens right around like the MCU is where like I flipped and I'm like, yeah, I can get behind captain. And it, it happened because I realized how it it probably happened closer to like the actual Civil War comic run, even though that comic mm-hmm. run was kind of bad. But I really liked his character in it. Um, what it is is like it's really hard to be a good guy in a world this fucked up, that's you true. know. And that's what I love about Captain America is that he is just he is trying to be the most quintessential good guy in a world that is full of antiheroes and mostly villains, and it's really hard to be a good guy. You know, Winter Soldier actually goes into it with, like, how Hydra's running everything and stuff. And it's just like, oh, he's, it's so awesome and he's still being a good guy. You know, like, it's, yeah. like, it's so hard to, to, and that's why I dig, I dig him. But then Magneto is, like, in there. He's a hero. Yeah, Fight me. Hero. Fight me, IRL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's. I guess I should tell top three then. So Thor, yeah. Wolverine, and th- see, it's tough because I I want to default say Loki, but I feel like that's cheating. So I'll go outside of Thor, and I think it would, I think it would probably be, man. Ooh, making man. you think. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's I think it's Captain. I I. 
I thought that I was one of the only people that that actually liked Captain. That wasn't see this is why we get along. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is why we but, get along. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just love. I've I've always been like a good guy at heart. You know, I'm always rooting for the good guys. Um, and Captain's just the ultimate good guy. So that's that's it. Yeah, and, and Vision. I mean, Vision was another one for me that was like this whole different world right it's it's just the it, it, it's a different it's a very different from all the other marvel comics and and I, I i liked it a lot i hate iron man um which i think is very unpopular but i can't stand iron man i hate him in the movies i hate him in the comics i've never been uh, a it got old it, it got old rdj yeah in the in the end game spoiler alert uh feel free to skip <laughs> ahead several things uh it wasn't surprising but what bothers me is, like, it took him the entirety of the MCU to have any character growth whatsoever. And then he just, like, got it all in the one last movie. Because yeah. Iron Man is Iron Man is Iron Man in every freaking single scene of every movie he's in. And, I and moreover, he is Robert Downey Jr. does Iron Man. And, and it was cute in a couple of them. But the fact that it just never grew at all until the very, very end... Cool, like nice bracketing. I'm, I appreciate it. As a writer, I went. I know you earned this. This is good. But as a, as like a person who like, I just like. I'll even defend Iron Man too. By the way, <laughs> I will defend that movie. Okay. No, no. Here, here's my take. It was supposed to be al uh, Stark's uh, al alcoholism, but RTJ and the scriptwriters. Uh, had disputes because it hit really close to home for him. And so they switched it to the blood poisoning thing, which is bad. But the reason it's a good installment, not a good movie, the reason it's a necessary installment is it shows the worst enemy Tony Stark has is Tony Stark. And I think that's a very important plot detail. It could have gotten over better. They could have done better. Mickey Rourke is a total disposable bat, like will badass for food type, like... <laughs> missed the mark for me like the other industry guy missed the mark for me like but like i liked that one premise that robert downey jr's iron man that iron man is iron man's worst enemy and they even kind of like riff on that a little bit more in three with the uh with with the uh with the mandarin you know yeah. like the ben kingsley reveal it's fucking fantastic like it's iron man's own worst enemy is just always going to be iron man and so it goes the whole time which is why he and he and uh and dr strange despise each other they're the same character it's just one has like magic and the other has technology as magic yeah so, so. but um can you do you, is there like a non-mcu character that you really champion flash flash okay yeah not because of the show like I, it's I, fantastic. It's all right. The show, the show is the show is good, but like it was, it was long before the show that I had the soft spot in my heart for Flash. I just, it's always nice to have a good love story, and Barry, Barry Allen gives you the best love story that there is. So, I dig it. I dig it. Oh, all right on. <laughs> See, you never know what you're gonna get with Rantcast. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, that, that does bring in, I can bring this back to our main rant, which is, um, I wrote an article. Yeah. See, look, I'm just, I'm good at this. Um, <laughs> I wrote an article a while ago, uh, called the new, uh, a new status quo. 
and it was about how like nerd had sort of like superseded and 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 taken over what the previous like status quo was and i directly cited the mcu as the reason and basically like in game of thrones was just kicking off like getting into its height around this time it was the was it the first avengers movie or the second avengers movie when i wrote this article um because it had just shattered a box office record and i'm like i have financial proof that nerd is in and so like we can't keep clinging to this like we're nerds and we're outcast status forever because the things we love are becoming more and more loved like ubiquitously uh game of thrones has the fantasy nerds being mainstream and stuff like that or had fantasy as mainstream and for a while ltr brought fantasy into the mainstream too you know like it the the ltr movies and then we had regression to the mean with hobbit but I digress. <laughs> um, uh, so, like, like I love the Hobbit. I don't care what anyone says. I I liked the actor. I <laughs> he's he's quaint, but like I'd still just rather watch the old animated flicks. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. So, um, but the 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 point I'm actually going to on this is like is like age of like as nerd became more popular. You've, you had a group of people that were basically, half their identity was this shared social marginalization. This, like, stat, this outcast status that they all shared helped them, you know, that's part of what made you a nerd. You know, I remember, I wasn't actually a nerd middle through, I wasn't in the nerd clique middle through, uh, middle school all the way into college because I, I hid my nerd, I hid my shame, you know? Yep. Um, I had a girlfriend for two years in high school. Sophomore through junior year, did not know I played D and D. Owned or she knew I owned a PlayStation, uh, but she didn't know I was really into gaming, like because yeah. I hit it. She didn't know I ran a I ran two sessions a week, and oh she did. Gosh, well, I know. That, well, that's technically, that's technically one was Vampire, uh, the Masquerade, and one was uh. Technically, I was running a Vampire the Masquerade game. The nerdiest of them, if you ask me. <laughs> like, I'm not a GM. I'm a storyteller. You're a fucking nerd, is what you are. <laughs> I say it endearingly, like, not meanly, but come on. Like, you're not even pretending to be in a different city. You're, like, every Vampire the Masquerade game thought it was the coolest thing ever to set their Vampire the Masquerade game in their fucking hometown. Or the nearest thing to their hometown that was a big city. So, for us, it was literally in Green Bay. So, I'm like, okay, <laughs> one of the Packers is a vampire. Guess who? And that's, like, a big point of intrigue. Like, <laughs> Bart Starr, by the way. Bart Starr was a vampire. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um... <laughs> But no, like, so, yeah, I was I was masking my power level for a long time, and it wasn't until college when I joined Gamers Guild and Otaku Anonymous when I, I first got that experience of, like, I can be a nerd amongst other nerds and, like, be fine, which is also, yeah, so, like, but what ended up happening, I feel, when nerd got popular is, like, nerds kind of regressed some, and, they, and gatekeeping started to really ramp up, like, prove you're a nerd, prove you're nerdy enough to be with me. Like, prove you're one of us. You know, like, that crap started to happen, where the, the old guard of nerd suddenly was like, you can't be a nerd, too, just because it got cool. I don't see that in Age of Sigmar. Which is like, I know there was just a big Facebook thing about that, but, like, I don't specifically see it in any of my circle of friends, any of the, the P tournaments I've ever been to. Like, it's all people, like, like 
who want you to come play Age of Sigmar with us. Like, we want you no matter who you are. Like, you don't need to prove you're a nerd if you have an interest in painting and playing and learning the game. Like, I don't care if you just picked up Age of Sigmar yesterday, or if you're a longtime Warhammer Fantasy Battle player coming back to it after, like, you know, you know, falling off the train with Ninth Age. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that was one of the coolest things about what AOS did, right? Like, it completely pushed out all that hatred because the people that were that were the gatekeepers or that were super upset quit like yeah they still might post up things on the internet about how their bretonians should have rules and get off my lawn kids but i think all of the wonderful people from fantasy stuck around and then it, they just opened the door to new wonderful people so now we just have two pools of wonderful making wonderful soup <laughs> So Tupo's a wonderful making wonderful soup. It makes sense. No, I and I mean I, I feel that. I, I do. I think whatever happened with the I didn't play during the I didn't even play during the uh the end times or uh with the world it was. I didn't play during that and I didn't play during the dark ages of age the pre GHB Age of Sigmar time. Like Joe actually came up to me, I think it was about GHB twenty seventeen, and he said, Andrew, it's good now. Like, I think it was, like, his, <laughs> his, like, sentence he said so that I could, like, get interested in wargaming again. Because I had been on a big, a big hiatus. But, yeah, like, um, like, I, like, I don't notice that with Age of Sigmar. And I think part of it has to do with exactly what you just said. Is that, that like, kind of the, 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 like, hyper nerd gatekeeper sort of, like, gave a middle finger to the game. And, like, they stayed back. And now they need to, like, prove that they don't suck to, like, all the cool people. <laughs> where they're like, like, yeah, but are you going to be a douchebag to everybody? And then they're like, no, yeah. I've reformed my douchebaggery. And it's like, okay, cool, come play. Because that's like the <laughs> only type of player we don't want in Age of Sigmar is assholes. Mm -hmm. the only, that, that person gets shamed more than anybody else in the game. Is like, you know, I hate the term whack. Because I like to win. I, I am in the category of people who wants to win. I've got a competitive streak. But win at all costs implies that winning is the only thing that matters. And I'm not about that life. Like, that's gross to me. You know? Yeah. I, mm -hmm. my, favorite, my favorite games in the last calendar year, if I were to give, like, three of them, two of them I've lost and one of them I won. Yeah. You know? Like, because I had more fun in my losses than my wins because of the type of people I was playing and stuff. You know, like... That's what this game does. Whereas, like, if I walk away from an MTG tournament weekend with, like, a losing record or, like, I lost games, I am pissed. You know, I there isn't a single game of Magic the Gathering I have lost that I thought was fun in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That, that's thankfully a rabbit hole. I, I only went down for about three weeks and then never, never really made it stick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I just, I think that Age of Sigmar, the, this community and the, and the people you meet and, and those bonds that you, you, you're willing to like continue to build the bridges, even from your island to somebody else's island, you know, and, and, and keep playing and keep gaming and keep engaged, um, is really what makes this kind of special. Um, mm -hmm. it's one of the last games, I think in existence that can't be replicated digitally without losing the important stuff. Uh, Arena and MTG is just fine, you know? Like, I don't need to talk to you to play you in person, yeah. you know? In fact, like, I'd almost rather, if it weren't for the fact that I physically like stuff because I'm a curmudgeon and I'm old school and I want books and I want <laughs> cards and stuff, the digital form would be just sufficient for me. 
you know, the collectible aspect, whatever. Um, like, there's a lot of, you know, MMOs, World of Warcraft, I'm, you know, Classic's huge right now. Like, I can play and hang out with those friends digitally and stuff like that. There are so few games out there that I, board gaming's in its height. It's, it's on a huge upswing in general, so board games are coming back, but... I have a board game simulator in Steam that runs Twilight Imperium just fine, you know? Like, I can play an eight-hour Twilight Imperium with one of my friends from Milwaukee if he feels like it one weekend and, like, not physically have to be in the room with him. Whereas if yeah. I were to come up with it, if you were to give me a digital version of Age of Sigmar, I would just, like, vomit on it and, like, hand it back to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, like I, um, I, I think that that... There is something uniquely, there's just something unique to, to wargaming, kind of in general. But it's especially heightened in, in Age of Sigmar, where it's like, like it almost necessitates that you be around other nerds, and you hang out, and you play games, and you talk to them. Um, I mean, I played uh, I played Relian at Midwest Meltdown. Total professional. Like, just, you know, I was on uh, the fluff list, uh, he was on Slanesh, it was a very quick game, but... He was a goddamn pro about it. Quick, you know, real quick talk. I even got him to have a beer with me. So uh, that was my victory point right there. Um, <laughs> so, I, I got to play Brad in my first ever game I, I, of AOS at an event. And okay. I mean, I I didn't know who he was, right? Like, I, I didn't know anything about the hobby other than, like, when I walked in, Dylan was just like, oh, you got to play Brad. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. Who's Brad? <laughs> and, I mean, he was great. And I, I consider Brad a good friend of mine at this point. Um, and I, I would happily play him anytime. I, there's people that I've played against that I would rather not play against again. And he is definitely um, not anywhere close to making that list. I'd play him again. Uh, hopefully I'd be on, like, some, like, on, like, like, the, the, at that point, it's like, oh, man, I didn't give him a good game, is what's going through my head, you know? <laughs> like, that's what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. But that's not what I want. Like, I want good games, right? Like, I, I like you can, like, you can kind of play, like, uh, so, like, my, my Death March list, for instance, um, I can play to the level of my opponent, and I'm not saying, like, I'm going to play down and, like, play you soft. That's not, I think that's kind of a little disrespectful. But, like, if I see somebody who's, like, like, they're playing for the double turn, and they're redlining it. They're just everything up at the max deployment zone. I'm like, oh, I see you two are a man of taste. Like, I'll line my shit up, too. I'm like, all right, let's go, gentlemen. Start your engines. You know, like, yeah. play, play to, like, the type of game you think you're about to have with the opponent. What the type of, like, I will do that at a table. I'll, like, I'm like, oh, um, this is where uh, Tobin. Um, and I can't remember which is, I think, Mark Tobin. Um, the Mark's the older one. Older one, yeah. And play Sylvaneth a little yep. bit more. Yep, yep. Yeah, Mark Tobin and uh, him and I, like, we always have these, like, chess battle games, which I love, where it's like, you know, we come up to the table and we're like, we're we're two generals deploying really intelligently, and, and that's the type of game I always have with him, and I'll play to that level. I would never try to redline against Mark, because he'll just crush me, you know, mm -hmm. and we've had two very close games of just chess, and he's he's taken both, but one was doubles, I don't know if that counts. Um <laughs> Uh, but you know, like, so it's like, I would, you know, I'd play him anytime, you know, it's just like, there's, there's these, it's, it's weird. Like I have a kryptonite of the type of player and, uh, I shouldn't reveal to my chat live what my kryptonite is, but it's Mr. Fast and Loose Man who questions everything you do. So on his turn, uh. he plays really fast and loose with everything, 
you know, like assures you everything works the way it does without double checking stuff. If you ever question it, gets angry and defensive immediately. Like, you know, and I'm just like, no, I'm just, I'm genuinely, I don't play your armly. I genuinely don't know the range of this ability. Like, please tell me, you know, type thing, mm -hmm. you know, like that guy. And then like suddenly my turn and he's like, how far is it at Mono move? Oh, eight, eight inches. And then he's just like, he's like, was that really eight inches? I'm like, <laughs> first off, dude, you know, the deployments are, you know, 18 inches, right? And I know that you were up as high, as far as you could be on your 18 inches. And I know my guy moves 12 inches. So, like, even if I don't measure anything, you know I need to roll six, a 6-inch charge. Like, why are you nickel and diming fucking measurement? Like, I'm not knuckling down. Like, I hate that. That guy gets me out of my zone. And, like, I can't banter with you because you get defensive, you know? So, like, even, all my jokes fall flat at the table. You know, like, so I'm just, like, I'm making a joke and, like, you're angry at me now because I made a joke about, a, like, a model or something. I'm like, like, I can't play that guy. And it's, it's like, that's not a that guy because there is a that guy who's, like, a different stereotype. It's just Mr. Fast and Loose, question everything you do, man, is, like, he plays fast and loose and then it's your turn. He's just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, like, I trusted you. <laughs> like, what, trust me. Yeah. You know, is like, that something that you come across often? Twice. Like, I, twice. Twice. Yeah. Okay. twice. I, even I, like just like the measuring thing. Like I, I mean, yeah, I want to be as close as I can, but like, we we know when we move eight inches that we're gonna need a four inch charge. Exactly. Right? Yes. So like, most people just like move it, and that I've never. I don't think I've ever had anyone question a distance that I've moved. I've had someone throw dice at their models to move them forward one time. Um, and like roll his dice on top of his models and then knock him up and set him up further and literally did it like four turns in a row of rolling. Um, but other than that, I've never really had any any arguments or controversy over measuring. <laughs> so it's yeah, my kryptonite is playing against an asshole. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I no because I resonate with assholes. Like we 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 like become one mega asshole at the table and it's fun because it's a different type of fun. Like I can get on the asshole wavelength. If it's going to be, like, super nickel and dimey the whole time, both ways, you know, that's a different type of game. Where you're really, everything has to be as precise and close as possible. The problem with, like, the guy I just described isn't that type of asshole. He's really fast and loose for himself, doesn't give a fuck about the rules, 420 blazes it, and then just, like, and then it's your turn and now he, he questions everything. That was as much to, to chat as it was to you at that at that point. I, yep, I saw it. <laughs> so it's like, it's it's not that like, like if you're an asshole, cool. Some people are just curt, you know? Like, like not everybody <laughs> has like special, like has, cares about broadcast and talking or has English degrees. Like, like some people just, they're, you're playing with nerds. Some nerds are going to nerd. You know, they're awkward. I, you're awkward? Cool. Like, I will deal with that. Like, um, like, I don't know, like, me 20 years ago like i get that person like where i'm just like really quiet and like taking it all in i still switch into that but it's like it's the um it, it's just like there's a particular sort where it's just i uh, i played the never five get man and he was that kind of player or i'm like you're playing lon as well and you suddenly don't know my spell ranges <laughs> you you seem to have that shit memorized when you were playing it like, okay, <laughs> like, you know, I'm just rolling my eyes, like, yeah, all right, man, 
you do you. And then the other one was, uh, was, uh, I, I actually, that was just a bad game. Like he kept checking his phone and like, apparently he was like having an argument with his wife on his phone while he was playing the game with me. And it was just like, not a, it was just not a pleasing game. And like, yeah, I'm just like, cool dude. Like, uh, I get into the argument when I get home. Like I got iced up by Molly <laughs> for two weeks after Midwest Meltdown because I did not respond to a text for an entire day. Not even on lunch. I'm like, and that was bad on me, but I'm just, I'm telling you, my commitment to play, giving you a good game at the table will throw my personal life into the shitter. Like, that's how much I want this game to be good. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think about checking. Like, I I skipped a fantasy football draft of 18 years of playing you <laughs> monster to engage in a nashcon uh game and i didn't even i the person who was drafting for me kept texting me and i wouldn't even look at it like i don't i don't know i feel like you make this huge effort to go to these things just take the two hours and and give your opponent the same thing that you want back yeah unless, yeah, I, unless you don't want that back i guess then please don't give me that give me something that i want but yeah no, I mean, I, I, I actually do use the Azir app on my phone to look up war scrolls. Um, yeah. But that's it. Like, and, I, and I'll actually say to my opponent, I'm not checking my tests. At, like, if I'm standing there, like, looking at something, I'll be like, just so you know, I'm, I'm checking out Azir right now. Um, I'm not, I'm not like, texting. Because, like, I won't disrespect you that way. You know, I just, and I'm, and uh, I, I, uh, I want a sports trophy, so I think I'm doing it right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, no, it's like, I, like, I respect your opponent, right? And you mentioned it, like, kind of show the same respect at the table that, like, show, you know, what type of game you want. Unless the type of game you want is to be, a, like, a, just a big prick. Then don't be a prick. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Um, man, chat, y'all are active tonight. I feel overwhelmed I here. <laughs> and, I uh, like... So we're talking about asking questions. No, no, right? no, asking, so, so asking. No, no. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. There is nothing wrong about asking questions. But I feel like it goes both ways, uh, uh, Tulu. Like if you're gonna, if you ask questions, be consistent that you're the person who asks questions. Because like if you're up to, and you're like, hey, this is my first tournament, I'll be like, I I switch into like I helped Ty beat me for fuck's sake, <laughs> like at, <laughs> at Nashcon. I helped him beat me because he kept forgetting his Aether Quartz, quartz brooch. And so, like, I was reminding him of it, and, like, he had his, like, he forgot his shield guys and, like, in his deep strike, and I'm like, I'm like, I know you meant to put them down, we're just both really tired and hungover. I'm like, yeah, I don't, and it goes into, like, if I'm gonna beat you, I don't want to beat you because I, like, you basically cheated for me. Does that make sense? Like, I don't, like, I'm not that guy. Like, if I beat you, I want to beat you straight up. You know, I, that's, that's just how I play. Um, I may play a villain on TV, but I'm actually a really nice guy. Um, and so like, you know, like, so Ty, I'm like, you know, like, oh, uh, you, you, we did, we had the shield fiasco and there's like Aether Quartz brooch. But then when he went on to win best destruction, I'm like, I did that. Like, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, I, cause I, like, I felt like I helped him. I was his golden trampoline. I helped him check back <laughs> into the games. I, you know, like, like I get him thinking really tactically. Cause it like, you know, he had to really, cause I'm a pretty cerebral player. He had to check into the game and just start really thinking. And so his game rolls around and he, he didn't do it on the podcast and give me nearly enough pro, uh, or on, uh, on the, uh, uh, plan and slaying podcast. He, he mentioned it. He mentioned it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I feel like he could have went on, like, a full, like, ten minutes of how much 
I meant to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I freaking love Ty. Like, I've never met somebody, like, once on accident and then become, like, an instant friend like that. Where it was like... Like, I hadn't even really met Ty when I ended up grudging him at Midwest Meltdown. And I'm like, we're best friends now, Ty. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you don't know it, but we are. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so, um, man, that was a long tangent. That's what this is all about. It is, it is. Um, so... I guess I I think we kind of wrapped on the the main subject of like gaming islands. Like to to summarize, like when you're sort of gaming for your from your little island, like what's your what's your summary? What's your you're giving people advice? How do they stay engaged? How do they they keep on top of it? How do they keep committed to the community and stuff? How do you stay as passionate? How do you stay just? I'd say it's two part, right? So I I'd say part of it is fine. It's just staying motivated because when you're when you're out on your own. And I'm, I'm not on my own, right? Like, there's people around me that are invested in the hobby, but the people that I, I know very well and I'm comfortable with, I was, you know, taken away from. So I think staying motivated comes from just maintaining those conversations, whether it's through social media or through Discord, hobby hangouts, things like that. And, and just taking the effort to share what you're doing and, and it doesn't matter, like, if you're getting 10 likes on Twitter or 7,000 likes on Twitter as long as like you're sharing what you're doing that's gonna keep yourself motivated in, in a way to, to keep pushing to to keep getting stuff done but then you just have to keep trying right like I've I've tried multiple times up here to get a community built and and not that I've done it all myself but to to stay present at the shop go in hang out paint talk about the game try to give people advice on, on what I like about it and not just the best net list on the internet and things like that to, to get people in the hobby for the right reasons. Um, and, and just making the effort to stay in touch with people. I think it's hard. It's hard, right? Life is, life is busy. Even some of my closest friends that I've known my whole life, I sometimes forget to call them for three or four weeks, but then when I remember I do and like make the drive, make the effort to reach out and just stay in touch. And we all, we all do this cause we're passionate about it and we all keep each other motivated by, by staying in touch. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't say it better, so I'm not going to say another word. Uh, there you have it. <laughs> There's how you build your bridge off your Island to kind of connect with others. Um, you mentioned something earlier. I wanted to circle back to now. Um, you said like, this, huh? It's this is exciting. It could be so many things. Yeah, there's a lot. Like uh, I, 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 I reapproached comics here. We could. There's still more. There's so much more comics <laughs> talk. We feel like it. But no, you mentioned something like the tournament scene here and stuff like that. And you said maybe it's the Midwest. And I, I have something I want to pitch you on. So you know Gary Gygax is from Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Okay, he he is. <laughs> um, I trust you. Okay. <laughs> um. He's so he's from he, you know and D and D was largely based and his main friends from Minnesota that helped him co-create the game, um, and legend has it they he basically invented D and D because one of his friends was uh, sick in the hospital, 
and they were all fantasy nerds. And uh, the predominant time uh, game at the time had been Chainmail, which is more of a minis war game. Um, and he and they basically like, well, what if instead of zoomed out on the big army, you zoom in on kind of what Warcry is doing. You zoom in on you know, a single model, and then you play that, and that's a character, and then you go from there. And so, yes, uh, Greenwood was in the hospital for heart surgery. And so they basically invented D&D so that they could, this format, this storytelling format where they could go and sit and play a game. And so, like, basically took the chain mail and they zoomed it in, and that's pretty much the inception of, of D&D. Yeah, chainmail. We're going way old school on these references here. <laughs> um, and so I have something I call the Gygax effect. And I think gamers in the Midwest are a cut above the rest on account of this Gygax effect. For, for me, modern gaming was born here. And it's not that, like, we're better at it than you, even though we are better at it than you. <laughs> um, it's not that. It's It's that, like, it gets really fucking cold, and what are you going to do? go hang out in somebody's basement and, and throw dice, you know, like, um, yeah. like it's, it's just, and there is something to be said for like, like the hardened, the hardened, the, 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 like the hardened people of, of like Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, Illinois, like we're just like, you get used to those cold winters and like, you need something to add, like to just occupy your mind. So I just think we're tuned to gaming, uh, like culturally speaking, even if there aren't a ton of nerds, obvious to you i just think th that whatever happens in the midwest it tunes us towards this this gaming uh lifestyle where where we're we're open to like sort of playing with some playing a game with somebody and just like you know going to a store or going to their house and and just playing this game and i i i, I think that's why the midwest scene is 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 as good as it is as it is as strong as it is we have a lot more tournaments here too than some other places in terms of size you know I, i'm sure like you know, East Coast, West Coast, or wherever, you have an LGS that's running a 30-man tournament every weekend. But we have Midwest Meltdown, Adepticon, like, Holy Wars, like, it just, uh, Nashcon's 60 people. Like, it's just, it keeps, there's just always a tournament. You could probably never leave the Midwest and hit a tournament a month of at least, at least 30 people, if not 50. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then now we're spiking, like, good 100-person events. And the UK, I know they've got some, like, really, really big and consistent ones, too. But, like, uh, your company's housed over there. They put a lot more yeah, into marketing. You don't, you don't, you don't win. You don't they win. They actually market this this company in that country, so it doesn't <laughs> doesn't count. Doesn't count. Yeah, like, it's, it's very community-driven over here. And in that respect, you have a strong community from this, like, what I call the Gygax effect, which is... Um, D and D was born here, Chainmail even, you know, relatively. If he managed his company a little bit better, like instead of Walmart, you would just have you would still have TSSR or whatever, or TSR and stuff. His old company, I think. Um, <laughs> so, I guess that was a little bit more of a the more you know segment than a than a question. <laughs> but you've been but you've been getting into D and D uh, a lot lately, and I think that. That helps me with my general isolation, not not particularly uh, with Age of Sigmar, but like I run a Roll Twenty campaign. Uh, it's been going four years now, maybe five years. The same group of people. We've added one person, we dropped one person, but it's the same same core group uh, for four years now. We're on the second sort of half of it. The first the first uh, the first set was a 
four characters, levels 1 through 20, they told the complete story, and now we're in the same world a hundred years after the events of what their party did. Nice. And, uh, or, well, 300 years, I think it might be. I have my timeline somewhere. Uh, and so it's like <laughs> they've made new characters, and they're playing through, like, essentially the world they helped create. Um, And so we've been going strong, and I know that, like, getting through my week is is, like, improved by the fact that i know on sun saturday or sunday we switch which day it is i have a group of people that are like that need me to run the game or like there's no you know like i have ruined somebody's week if i don't run my D session right um how did you because you you can't you you're mentioning you got into you know you had your raw your raw cards and comics <laughs> and stuff like that um and you kind of like stumbled into into age of sigmar how'd you get into D and how recent was that Oh, that's even more recent. So D and D, like I, I was raised a nice Catholic boy, and my dad Ooh, despised the Satanic Panic. You'd have been yeah. the height of, and, or, and it, it wasn't even really that. It was the tail end of it. Big, it was well, he was a big sports guy, and like really was was the one who pushed me to play basketball, and, and like, you know, whatever. It's fine. I'm I didn't have a a bad experience with my dad pushing me to sports instead of. The, it the wasn't the vicarious. It wasn't the. It wasn't the vicariously go do this, so I can relive my glory days, guy. That no, wasn't the. No, no. no. no it's just he, he was a baseball guy. I was a basketball guy, so he didn't. He didn't force me into that. But I mean, I'm very thankful. I I I had scholarships for basketball, and I had tons of experiences with basketball. So all that is great. But I I, I wasn't it, like storytelling in, as a whole. Really, like it was never even like a thing that my parents knew about i guess i mean like they read me books and i read books but it was there was no storytelling or creative writing or any of that kind of stuff in my my childhood at all i, I think i had, i don't even know if i had a creative writing class in high school so like there was no oh you cut me deep man you cut me oh, deep I know. <laughs> no, beaver dam letting me down um, but so so i didn't have that option at all it, i didn't even if i'm being honest really know anything about it like i knew it was a thing where people rolled dice in their basements and fought dragons that's what D D was sold to me. And, yeah sold. No, sold, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so that was that and i went through high school went through college you know nothing aos happened and then like right around that time was like oh who's this matthew mercer guy and what is critical role and what is this stream and what is this stream and i started to to listen to these podcasts and i was like this is like everything that i wished game of thrones was why why have i not known about this my whole life and i i just got started to get to know ty at this point and and ty is a, is a huge D guy and and i always would say to him ty i really wanted i really want to do just a game of D&D. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it entails, but I, I want to do it. And uh, it was the first mid or the first Brew City. We were sitting at the bar on the Friday night before, and he's like, you know what? We're going to start a campaign. And I was like, this is the greatest gift ever. Um, I had I had gone through some stuff in my life where I, I just kind of needed that escape, and I needed the opportunity to Be someone like, else. just have a night of this is what I'm doing and the rest of the things around me don't matter. Um, and it just happened. And the, like the first game I was like, Oh God, I, I'm going to make a fool of myself and playing with 
with five people that have played before and some of them have played for 30 years and some like oh I'm like messaging Ty for weeks in advance like is this good enough is this how much more of a backstory do I have to write like how much of this and like what do I need to know and so in a panic but I'm not going to be good enough to play D&D <laughs> and uh we we play in the first night I'm like okay that was pretty cool and then we play again the next week and it's oh, holy cow and then I'm, I'm like at work typing up more backstory and typing up like why I chose to do this and all this stuff and I just absolutely fell in love with with it like kind of mentioned it right but like the escape is is cool but the ability to just kind of create your own world and like Ty does all the work I just create my stupid characters that piss him off and and have fun but it's it's just a great opportunity to to just have fun and like it's like nothing I've ever done before, and I've I've absolutely loved every every second of it. This is a hot take for the ages here. I play other games because I can't play D and D every day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I would uh, play six days a week if I could, and I would just not play the last one because I'd need to make sure my notes were in order for the next day to start. I did over. in college. I did in college, <laughs> and uh, like my grades were suffering. I ran two games. Uh, I ran um I ran the uh, Sunday night game, which actually was like the chill game. No, it was the Monday night game was the chill game, and then Wednesday was my main game. Uh, but like Monday was just a two person game, or no, three people were in it, and then me, uh, GMing it. It was a D twenty modern game. Uh, D twenty at that time was on the three O system, so you you haven't played three O yet, but three O is like. 3.0 puts hair on your chest. I know AD&D <laughs> probably puts more hair on your chest, which I second ed, but like 3.0 is where like they started to modernize the game to in to my mind. And like it had a lot of like the quirks of saber dies killing you constantly and all the time forever, but also like weird internet infinite combos for like feet feet combinations and like so I made a monk that could attack infinitely uh, cuz he had circle kick roundabout kick and he had a couple things to make it keep going. As long as he had bad guys to keep hitting, he could hit everything forever. Um, but, like, he wasn't good. <laughs> so, like, I made this trick where he could attack forever, but it was, like, D6 damage, D6 damage. And so if something had a DR or damage resistance, as it used to be, which reduced the amount of incoming damage per attack by a flat number, so, like, 5 slash dash, or something like that, so, like, he only does a D6 damage, and you're reducing it by 5 every time. He's only doing, like, 1, even though he attacks infinitely. <laughs> like, it was just, like, he was, but he was a terrible character, but it was, like, a, like, can I even make this a thing? And then I did. So, 3-0 is, like, is, like, where my rules lawyering really came together um, as, like, a player. And it's carried me into Age of Sigmar, but that's, like, a negative connotation in Age of Sigmar. And in there... Even in D&D, it's a little bit of a negative in connotation. So I'd like to more call it a rules innovator than a rules rules <laughs> lawyer. Um, <laughs> um, I'm a rules innovator. Like, I have in 5th that there's a netter build I made, which uh, I will unveil it on the party <laughs> at some point <laughs> in one of my campaigns. But the whole thing is I found a way to throw, like, an absurd amount of nets per turn. And so he's, like, going to be this guy who walks in, like, a gunslinger with just, like, a set of guns. And, like, ammo bullets, it's just, like, nets on his belt. He's just, like, and he just, like, (laughs) and it's all because they wrote one thing poorly once. (laughs) And so, like, and that's all it takes is for them to just have the wrong wording on something. 
<laughs> like, forget to distinguish, a, like, you call something a ranged attack, and then something says, when you make a ranged attack, and that, oh, I'm in. I also had, in 308, <laughs> switching gears back to 301, one of my favorite characters I ever made was something called the Deepwood Scyther. So, for those of you in the home game, you are uh, watching the stream from home, you may be familiar with a class called a Deepwood Sniper. So Deepwood Sniper is supposed to be this bow class, and their whole thing is they just, like, they can see through all of the trees, they deny cover saves, so, like, you don't get cover against them because they just have peerless sight, and so they just shoot. Cover is meaningless, and they get really, really good crit ranges. Um, and, uh, and there was a feat called Throw Anything. Now, Throw Anything, you can make a ranged attack with anything. Now, so basically you make anything a ranged weapon. Now, some things very specifically said a bow but not everything did <laughs> and so i took a, a scythe because scythes had times four crit which means when you rolled a natural 20 they did times four damage instead of your standard times two so i took a scythe because or no it was times three but by the end of it it was a he was critting on a 12 to 20 doing something like something like a 12 to 20 doing times nine damage and he would throw like 10 scythes a turn just fishing for crits <laughs> and so like all of us he just had these iron scythes that had returning and so like you'd fight him and he'd just like, <laughs> and, like it was just the dumbest thing ever and so like i, I like D, D is like you have these like little thought experiments but for me then like it really comes back to the story is like telling a story and like if i make that that netter character and he moseys into a bar you want to know what the heck is up with the guy who throws six nets a turn you know like <laughs> Like, and so it always comes back to, like, like, basically, like, weird characters are an excuse to tell a good story. Like, I was just having a conversation with a gentleman on Twitter today. Hang on, I want to be, I want to get the name, name correct here. Um, here we go, Marlon. Uh, with Marlon here on Twitter, uh, and he, he made a, he, he, this all started because, I think Ty asked the question, if you were to make a party of, uh, five characters and it all had to be one class, what would you do? You know? Paladins is an early front runner, someone said cleric. Um and then um, this That's Tom's uh Tom's dream is to run a five cleric party. Five cleric party. Well mm -hmm. and he so this this gentleman was talking about his arcane cleric. So arcane domain cleric. And he's a Gith Sarai. I don't know if you've encountered them yet with in your games with Ty, but they're the planar look, they remind me of like frog or lizard people. But, like, they're, they're, like, sort of Oriental-inspired, um, you know, like, pseudo-Asian, like, interplanar beings. Um, green and scaly, and uh, Githserai tend to be bald, and Githsianki tend to have huge plumes of, like, gold, or, uh, of, like, gray, gray or, or silver hair, and they carry, like, these silver rapiers and stuff. Or silver scimitars, sorry. They're really cool. Um, and he's like, and he's like, okay, so I'm a Githserai cleric with the arcane. And I'm just like, that tells a story. That combination of things. So you're like a divine caster, but you're focused on the arcane domain, and you're from another plane. Tell me more. Tell me more about your character. Like I, 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 I view like I said, like rules and character building as an excuse to tell me a good story. Like why did Leroy have to be a monk? You know, like Leroy could have been a fighter. In my uh, and if you haven't watched the one shot, Bryce is in one of my one shots. Uh, he made you show a... me a, a fighter that can noodle, and then I'll believe you. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is like you you like like the st the way that like Leroy the monk 
has like slow fall now and like and just it begins to like it all makes sense like he's noodling in the pond and you know or in the in the lake or river and pulling out catfish and stuff with his like bare hands i'm like of course this guy would have flurry of blows <laughs> so so i i dnd is a story it like is like a, a good storytelling avenue it's also got that camaraderie but it's a little it's more of a micro scale it's not like age of sigma where you go out and into a, like a big community and you see a bunch of people it's it's usually your five people or your four people um critical role has done some great things for dungeons and dragons um i think the amount of interest in it is is higher than it's ever been um but now i want people to like start loving some of the other rpgs out there DD is great but like um i ethereum i think is the one tie pushes a lot um i'm a huge rifts and palladium books guy um palladium books is located out of detroit uh their rules are terrible uh, <laughs> but their setting is amazing and the only reason i don't run it is because how i we have like a common lexicon when i say fighter you know what a fighter is you know like i rifts doesn't have a common lexicon with with rpgs as people would know it you could be like oh you're a cyber knight it's kind of like a fighter paladin but like that he's got fucking robot like armor grafted onto his body and he can make a psychic sword and like and then you start to like you start start to continue to describe what a cyber knight is and they're like well does he ride a horse i mean you can have a horse to start but if you want it could be a sweet motorcycle or an atv like, and so just like it starts to get like you know, like, it just, you jump the shark with riffs, but that's why I love it, because it's just over the top and crazy. You you know what, Tristan, you're the enemy. Pan-Asian design is great. I'm so happy they applied it successfully to Ossiarch Bone Reapers, the new best army in Age of Sigmar. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was hoping we could get through the whole thing without hearing that once. That once? Yeah. Tristan started it. <laughs> um, so, D&D... You've been going on like a year now with your D&D campaign. Is it the same campaign now? So it's it's more than a year now. So we it, it's almost a year and a half. Um, oh and we, we started with Tomb of Annihilation, and we actually just finished the Tomb of Annihilation. Um, not last session, but the session before. Uh, so that we, we, we defeated the Soulmonger Curse, and uh, Asarok may have slipped through our grasp, but it's kind of a cool story. Uh, that he did because he, Derek, who was who was our rogue, played by Paul, the brother of Merrick, a rogue also played by Paul, who, <laughs> uh, who, who had a very early uh, death in our did, campaign did he... because he tried to um, steal a frost giant's ear. Okay. So yeah, he did that uh, and and died instantly. Basically, he cut the the half giant or the frost giant's ear off. And was trying to run away, but they killed him. Um, so then he rerolled a character named Derek, who was the brother of Merrick that hated Frost Giants. And uh, Derek made it a lot longer than than uh, Merrick. And and my character, who was who was gifted very early on the deck of many things, um, and I also had the the character flaw of of never being able to pass up an opportunity to gamble. Thanks, Ty. Um, <laughs> But it was a super cool experience to have it, and and he did pull one punch for sure from the deck. Uh, but the other, the others, I was able to kind of like at least give some sort of way to survive. And and 
I'm getting way off track, but that's what no. Um, gone. So so we got I I drew like seven. No, I drew nine cards. Right, there's 15 cards in the deck. Uh, right, that sounds right. Sounds about right. So I draw nine and 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 I got you know I'm getting around these things. I, I lost my all my stuff. I I I had some bad stuff happen and then I had some good stuff happen. But then uh, Derek, who who was our party member, I I made a deal with him that he could draw one card um, for something. I can't remember what what the cause was, but um, so I let him draw a card and he he drew the vizier, which which is makes the DM tell you truthfully the answer to any one question that you ask at any point in the game and and he has to tell you the, the truth the truth yeah so so we're just about to go into the tomb of annihilation we're we're in the the broken city around it and we came across some 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 whelps or something i don't i don't know no cobalts cobalts and the king cobalt demanded a tribute and I ha- and I pulled the deck out, and I'm like, I have this magical deck, and then I put it back, and, and Derek's like dragging me back out of the the cave where the cobalt is, and he's like, we're gonna do this, and he asks, how many cards do we need to draw before the donjon, which is the one card at this point that we know is left that I can't do anything to escape. Um, basically, it puts you in an alternate dimension. Um, and it's... you you can't be contacted with anything other than a wish spell, and you can't be brought back um, with anything other than a wish spell. So we're talking two wishes at this point. I had already drawn the wish card and and got a wish from it and blew it on giving our barbarian a flaming axe. <laughs> um, so so Paul asks, and Ty says, oh, you have to draw five cards in order to get to the donjon. So I look at Derek, and I'm like, I'll draw three. <laughs> and, and Derek looks back and says, okay, I'll draw two. Draw a card, and it's it's the gain a level card. So I'm a, I'm a level higher. Woo! And all is well. <laughs> Feeling great. Paul, yep. Paul draws a card, and it's the devil or the demon. I forget the name of it specifically, but basically he is – He's acquired an arch nemesis that's a demon, and and it's going to kill him at some point. It doesn't necessarily, unless he defeats it. So the only way to escape the curse of this demon is if you kill the demon. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Cool you know, plot arc, awesome. Bad. Yeah, that's we badass. Yeah. Okay, next card I draw. I forget the name of it, but it switches my alignment. So I'm chaotic good. So it switches me to chaotic evil. Whatever. There's spells that can change that, and it would have been pretty fun to play this crazy character as a chaotic evil character and a mm-hmm. bunch of good people on my side. Okay. Interesting. And then uh, the next card I have to draw because I said I would draw three. The card's The Fool, which reads you instantly lose one level and that's how ty starts i'm like oh okay whatever i just gained a level this is great the donjon's there for the kobold to draw and he says and you must immediately draw another card so there's no way around it i have to do it and then and if you don't draw within an hour it automatically happens you automatically have the effect of the card so i'm like shoot If we would have just asked what we had to do to make him draw it, he would have had to say. And so, so I lose my character. It was a heartbreaking uh, moment for me, yeah. and I was removed from the whole experience. 
Yeah, it was it was rough. I mean, this is the first character, and I and I really loved playing him. And like, it wasn't it wasn't optimized at all. It was a ranger that I didn't know anything about doing, and already not a super powerful class, right? And so I'm, I'm you, like, UA bump. fixes it. We in my campaign, I'm running a uh, one of my characters is playing a UA ranger from Unearthed Arcana. Yeah, it, it she's good. She's uh, this is a uh, Katie. She plays a, uh, uh, she plays Pippa. On my stream, um, she's their main DPS. Like she, she's it's good. They fixed it. So yeah, but I, I continue. So so yeah. So so I I'm super bummed and I'm like okay. Uh, I I messaged Ty and I, so my character had a, a a pet badger named Truffle Hunter. Who so we started this campaign basically the same week I adopted Odin, who is my corgi, who's not here on camera, but. Um, so this this badger is basically modeled after my dog, um, and I'm like, okay, just just let Truffle Hunter kill this kobold, and we're all good. So he lets Truffle Hunter, who's not not a combat, just a vanity pet, and lets Truffle Hunter tear this kobold up, and and Rattle shuts his eyes and goes into this other plane and is stuck there. But the rest of the party then decides, you know, in Rattle's memory, we're going to draw the next five cards in the deck to be done with it. They talked about destroying it or drawing it, and Derek was like, the only right thing to do would be to draw it. So Tom's character draws first and gets the all the gold. Uh, Brendan's character draws and loses his magical items, but he doesn't have any magical items, so it doesn't change anything. Um, there was one other card that was drawn, and I can't remember what it did. And the last card that's drawn is, is, is Derek, who's paul's character that i was very close with um and it's it's the fighter so basically he gets an a, a companion that fights on this side that's a level five fighter and and paul instantly messaged me and says hey do you want to take this character and have it be your next character and i'm like yep so i i rolled a new character who was was and Tiamat, and not knowing what Tiamat was in D and D, it was just the the gods. Uh, you didn't know what the scale seventy five. Yeah, it's a scale seventy five color Tiamat orange. So I was like, yeah, I want my character to be named Tiamat. And then I bought this book about a year later. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you are you still playing Tiamat? Uh so we're getting there. We're getting there. Sorry. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, no. No. Keep going. No, I'm. I'm loving it. So. So yeah. So I. Grow up Tiamat, who's a, a Eldritch Knight, and and just I'm like not at first I hated it. I couldn't do anything. I was terrible in combat. But then as I started getting levels, I got very very strong, and that's not why I liked it. But it was you know a little added bonus to do you know 120 damage. It, a time interrupting you once here. Yep. Yep. If your character is optimized, you get to kill stuff fast so that you can get back to the story. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, continue. <laughs> so, yeah, so I rolled Tiamat, and, and my whole thing was that, so I was Derek's nephew, but I, they didn't know I was his nephew, and I was the son of Merrick, the original character of Paul's that died, and I was sent here to earn my father's name, uh, and, like, I was kind of secluded from my mother growing up, and then a whole backstory, whatever. And uh, so, so Derek doesn't know that I'm his brother, but I'm there to protect him and all this stuff. And we get in the tomb, and bad stuff keeps happening. And Tiamat and Derek were both very risky, but Tiamat in the like the first level of the tomb picked up one of the the items, the cursed items that put one of the spirits of the original um, deity gods from 
uh, Omu into your mind and basically was like, it kind of like influenced your decision. So mine was, I had to uh, second guess everything I wanted to do and never act in haste, which was the exact opposite of how I played my character. Oh, like, no. Any opposite. So I'm like struggling hardcore as Derek's doing all this stuff. And I want so bad to help him and make sure nothing happens. And every time Ty would let me roll. Uh, and if I rolled an 18, I could, I could make a constitution check and, and act freely on my own will. But otherwise I had to listen to what Obawaka was telling me. So I can't really protect Derek at this point. And then we get, we get, we're on like the last level of the tumor. I think it was. And, and Derek had, we got stuck in in, a, in some kind of alternate prison, and, and Derek got a dagger, or got uh, snuck off somewhere, and there was a genie, a dingin, dingin? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Dingin. Yeah, and uh, basically, he he made it. She was trapped, and he made a deal with her that she would tell him the location of Rattle if he let her free, or no, he would get the party to Rattle it and back if if she if he let her free and so he takes the deal and whatever and and takes the and and there's a dagger that he can use to summon her but also using combat and it's a plus two magical dagger so of course he's going to use it um the the problem was it was cursed um and if he fell to zero hit points while holding it and didn't pass uh, i believe a constitution check or something his soul was trapped in the dagger all right fun so he has this dagger, we're on level three, we get to level four, almost to the part where we're like done with exploring and ready to go and finally stop this curse. And we get, we are in this, the last tomb and there's teleportation chambers and we step onto one of them, get teleported out <laughs> and there's mirror, this like prison mirror of some sort where if you look at it, you have to pass another save. And if you don't, you get put in this, this prison. And so myself and Derek and uh, two of our other players got stuck in this. And, and long story short, Derek called the genie to his side using the dagger and said, I want you to free Tiamat from this prison. Um, at this point, he had figured out from some slip-ups on my part that I was his nephew and he was trying to free me. And I was also you know, fluent in arcane magic, so if anyone could get us out, it was going to be me. Um, so I get out and I'm, I'm trying to figure it out and I'm calling all these numbers because you had to you had to use the magic word and a number to bring one of 15 random things out of this prison. Okay. And I didn't know any of the things that were already brought out or what was in there. And so I'm, I bring out a giant, an ogre, some other stuff that's like hostile towards us. And finally, I bring out something, something bad. And Tom, the whole time, is using the Wand of Wonder. <laughs> and he's using charges from the Wand of Wonder, and he rolled up the one that destroys something in the room that isn't possessed by someone. Well, there's nothing in the room except for the mirror. And Ty's like, I can't kill two characters that aren't here. If I just destroy the mirror and they're stuck, I'm, a, I'm an asshole. But if I destroy the mirror and I let everything out, okay. So he does that, destroys the mirror, and this. All See, I wasn't up on this. You, you. There was a hand wave in my sponsored segment on uh, on this playing and slaying. This was before the official, official sponsorship. This was okay. before they brought me on to do the recaps. As you can see, this is all from memory, by the way. No, this, no. Yeah, this is why you do this. Yeah, go on. Yeah. So, so, mere breaks, right? He lets everything out. There's, there's two 
neutral parties in there. One's a wizard and one is like just a worthless like peasant type person. And then there's this badass that comes out and I can't remember her name, but she's not hostile towards us yet. And then there's another something, something bad that we dispose of quickly. And Derek is pissed that he was stuck and, and like, oh, oh, okay. So Akachi, our barbarian, gets slain because he got in this lady's way who's trying to walk away. And he, he had taken something earlier in the dungeon that belonged to her. It was some kind of mace or something like that. So she kills him in like one go. And Akachi's like, our barbarian, pretty tough dude, terrible armor class, but can survive pretty well. Uh, not so much when this happens. So she slays him, grabs the mace, and starts walking away. Derek is like, what the heck? And attacks her. She turns around and kills Derek, like, instantly. Oof. And he has this dagger. And I quick time out to tie. And I'm like, I don't know if this is kosher for the way that this game works, but Tiamat's taken this. Because, so Derek has this dagger. He's got to roll. He rolls and fails. And I'm like, no, 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 please. This is, like, I'm here... As I was made for this I, moment. I, this is like what he was brought here to do. And Ty's like, okay, well, let's, we'll end the episode, right? So we end the episode at this moment. Uh, and Paul, Ty, and I talk it through. And I'm like, look, I will fight this till the end. It needs to happen this way. It's, it's, it's literally like the purpose of me making this character. And uh, so... So Paul's like, okay, if you if that's what you want, and so it happens, and it had to do this really cool scene where, like Tiamat's whole thing was obsessed with fire, and as I found out what Tiamat actually was, I started to make him like, the the good parts of the dragon of Tiamat that are embodied in him, and he is trying to write the course of Tiamat. So, so like he's obsessed with fire and all this stuff, and like he's he's captured in a ball of fire, and his soul is put in this dagger, and. Uh, so he's stuck in there, and Derek is kind of losing his shit the next day, and we go forward and go through the dungeon, and the Tiamat had found this, this cursed fireball necklace that it was like eight fireballs worth of damage if the user put it on. Yeah. And, and Tiamat knew what it was and was saving it because he knew that he would have to make the sacrifice at some point. So Derek takes it from his body before my new character comes, who's there to literally save Tiamat's body to protect it and send it back to his mom so that if things happen the way I think they're going to happen, I can go back and play Tiamat. <laughs> Paul lights his body on fire before I can get to him, kills him. So whatever, Ty's like, you can find a new body. It'll be fine and all it's, this stuff. I, well, I mean, it's a little appropriate, though, if he's obsessed with fire and then he ends yeah. up, uh, like, funeral pyre. That's it's actually, like, super appropriate. Yep. Poetic, so, even. Yeah, yeah. So all that happens, whatever. We get to the end. We get we get to the very end. We kill the. We destroy the curse. We're now fighting Asrock and a demigod, and uh, kill the god. And then Asrock is there, who's the ultimate bad guy, right? And uh, Derek runs and jumps across this balcony, puts the necklace on, blows himself up, almost killing Asrock. But as he dies, his soul gets trapped in the dagger. Asarak picks it up, walks through the portal, and teleports away. Ah. <laughs> Dang. So the villain lives, and he's got the two souls of probably the two most active party members uh, with him. So. That's pretty metal. That's super metal. 
so so Ty he he pretty much runs modules, but he he seems to like freestyle a little bit as he goes with it. So yeah, he's he's done homebrews. Um, he did he did a module for us because he thought it would be easier because of the structure and having it in roll twenty and having all the maps. Um, but he is now doing the rest of the campaign, which we are which we continued um, as a homebrew. So as far as I know, I think there's talk of another of another module possibly being kind of in um, like blended in. Um, but we just we just uh, had our first in-person game and, and went to to the keep that Rattle was gifted with the deck of many things and and slayed all the frost giants that occupied it. And now... Uh, sweet, sweet vengeance? Yeah, yeah. And Truffle Hunter is the rightful king at this point. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, uh, chat AMA real quick. I'm going to go grab another beer and go to the restroom. What's one yeah. question for Tristan? Or uh, uh, Tristan, do you have a question for Bryce here? Or does anyone in the chat have a question for Bryce? It could be AOS related. Oh, hopefully AOS related, but may, potentially D and D related. We had a great tangent here. Because I got a D and D question when I get back, but I also got to go grab a treat for Mochi. She's been pretty she's been, <laughs> deserved. She's been, a, she's been a good doggo. All right, so watch chat. I expect I'll a question to come through. I'm gonna go grab another beer. I'll be heartbroken if there's no question. If there's no question, I'm going to be upset because I this gives me an incentive to watch my own content later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I said the word treat. I said the word treat, I know. Oh, we got a subscri subscription when the, when the streamer walked away. That's even better. You're subscribing for me, Tristan. I get it. I'm not like Andrew, though. I can't just talk to myself. Okay, here's a question. What are the details on this escalation that we are now doing? The details? The details are, you tell me the allegiance that you want to do. I'm assuming it's Tomb Kings. And then we paint up 500 points. And we... Since uh, it's kind of tough for us to play in person, um, we can do it more of a narrative-driven story where we can tell the story of what our armies are building towards and the stories of the battles that we can't even have. Um, but also, as we grow, it's it's every month then 250 more points, so basically a unit, a unit and a half, two units. Uh, you don't have to keep the same things. You can add brand new units uh the only rule is you have to keep the same allegiance uh, i didn't even require the same general i'll be keeping the same general through the whole thing because it thematically makes sense but it's it's super open that was the thing i wanted it to be something where no matter what you were trying to build towards you could participate so i got uh i got plenty of ideas for how we can make it awesome from a distance too so i'd love to have you in uh, I see there's another question. So are you on the Playing and Slaying podcast? Uh, I am. I, I'm Stanley. I am the intern. I am the executive producer, vice president, and something else that was gifted to me in the last episode. Um, I'm a relatively new uh, member of the podcast. I, 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 I make appearances often. I, it seems to be I'm on all the time now, but... Um, it's 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 now kind of uh, my thing, and I'm happy that they've accepted me into the team. So, uh, let's see. How do you think the meta will change with the new cities book? As a lot of the armies are shooters, 
I think that so if you don't know me, I am I behind me I have about every order unit that there is at this point and I'm a huge order guy. I'm so excited for the city's book and the the opportunities that it grants. Uh, I think that it will drastically change the meta not just because of the shooting but just because of the variety. I think that I think that the the cities themselves will stay kind of in theme with what they are now um as far as like the idea behind them, but I think that the customization that we'll have within the cities and between the cities is just crazy. Um, so I, I think it will drastically change. I think that shooting has a place right now and, and it should be more relevant than it is, but I think that it definitely will when the cities books comes out. Uh, you're in Tristan. That's what we like to see. I've only heard two episodes. I love that you listen. Um, we, we do our best to do something different, right? Like everyone can talk about the books that come out and the, the AOS content and that kind of stuff. So we, we just, we talk about AOS. We talk about other games. We talk about D and D. We, we just kind of try to keep it, keep it new and fresh and different all the time. So I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Uh, Look who's back. Yeah. Playing and slaying is one of my absolute uh, favorite podcasts, not just AOS wise in general. And it is because it's, it, it does a little bit of, of what I'm trying to do here, and I hope Ty and and and, uh, and the Coop Man and all of them will forgive me. But, like, I like looking at, like, sort of AOS-adjacent things as well, because I think the game does extend beyond just Age of Sigmar. Like, it is about those like, sort of overlapping spheres I mentioned before, where, like, you find out someone likes comics and so on and so forth. I, I love that it's just, like, it's a gaming podcast disguised as an AOS podcast. And that's one of my favorite aspects about it. Like there's they they don't they don't ever like I've buried at this point we've buried the lead. We have for like thirty minutes not been an AOS podcast. But, <laughs> but like but like I have to be honest to myself is I, I have to um you know I, I have to uh I, I just I games what's the one of the worst things you can say to a gamer is it's just a game. You know? Is not just a game. D and D, Age of Sigmar, um, even like my favorite video games. They're they're not just games to me because so much of like, you know, kind of who I am intersects with them, and and so like that feels kind of rough because you're not you're saying it's just a game, and I'm like, ah, uh, you know, like as a football fan, like or as uh, basketball is more pertinent right now because I'm currently struggling with it. I've checked out, like I've barely checked back into the NFL now. But, like, usually I switch into Brewers mode the instant the NBA season's over. I switch into Brewers mode. Baseball. I, I, hey, hey, I'm going to interrupt you really quick. Yeah. Uh, Tristan, absolutely, yes, you should crack a beer. You should have at least cracked three by this point. Yeah, by my count, I'm not going to count the one I drank off stream. Four. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was like, um, oh, crap, Tristan did, did the sub thing. Thank you so much for that, buddy. Um, I already thanked him. As soon as you stood up, he did it, and I said, "Look at that! He leaves. You're really subscribing to me." <laughs> yeah, you, thank you for subbing to. Uh, thank you so much for for subbing to Bryce, my hobby hero. Mochi, want a treat? No, <laughs> oh, we gotta get dog cam. Oh, dog cam. Treat dog. It's funny to watch with the delay because <laughs> now I see I'm ready for the treat. There you go. Oh, it's a good treat. There you go. 
Tristan paid for the treat. <laughs> <laughs> now you get Corgi Butt as a thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good doggo. <laughs> Now, now she's all riled up. You, she's in. She's become treat mochi. All right, we're good. Oh, oh, you switch sides on me. If I go to this side, all right. Um, no, so like that. I, I like it. I uh, that. That's one of my big podcasts. There's a reason I, I shouted out to it on on Warhammer Weekly. It's it's great. You guys, you guys do good work. Um, the, I actually the part where like I really got into it was actually. Um, uh, when you talked about your previous character's death. Like, that was where I'm like, I'm fucking hooked. Because I heard, like, the, the deck of many things. I was like, I was, like, hooked from that moment on. And so, <laughs> when you guys record versus when you guys have sessions, you have usually have more sessions than you have episodes. So, like... Yeah. And sometimes, like, the important thing happens on the week, the off week of the recording. And so, like, I have these little gaps in my information. Not that I'm, like, complaining. It's like watching... Like any TV show when you were growing up in a kid as a kid, like X Men's a good example. Like you missed the the to be continued episode, and now you're just like a new in a new story arc, and you're like, what's going on? Oh my god! And it just like hooks you even more. So it's great. Don't change what you're doing. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I've really enjoyed the like that that addition to the podcast because like it's it's funny to to try to think back in the moment on what happened and then like the, the arguments not arguments but you know the banter that can happen from it like me yelling at troy for wanting to take long rests or or like making fun of josh for getting turned into a statue and stuff like that that we can't do in the moment but yes. it's fun to like look back on it and and be like that was really stupid and like and and when i say stupid i don't mean like the choices that the person paul or josh or troy are making but the, their character like them as a as a role player is making a great choice by having super committed do this stupid uh, thing oh yeah like i i i said in two podcasts ago or whatever like paul did something really stupid and i should have said Derek did something really stupid, but what his character should have and would have done because like Paul did a great job. Derek did a very stupid thing. And like that, that, that shows your dedication to the story and what you're doing, right? If you're, if you're making choices that are truly jeopardizing your character's ability to help or to live or to successfully roll, you're, you're caring more about the story. Than you're really committed. Yeah. You're committed the story and, and the experience and stuff like that not just like getting the next level and that's what really adds to they're not dissimilar your your look at age of sigmar and and D, like the narrative focus of D is really what's got you hooked and, and with age of sigmar you you look at an army as like what story i can tell and not necessarily what filth can i bring and i i respect that so much um i uh it's weird because like i have a different gaming circle and i see a lot of like so you have the deck you had the deck of many things thing happen I can't do a deck of many things in my parties. No one in my group will will touch it because <laughs> they're all like seasoned veterans of the game, and so they just I'd like do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, it just was like like I had no idea what it did, right? And that was one of my favorite things about it is when when he gave it to me, Tom and Brendan were like, "No, you didn't." And I was like, what? It's just a deck. <laughs> and I'm like, I like gambling. I have this deck I play high-low with. It makes sense. And then, like, I forced them all to not tell me a thing that was in it. So the whole time that every card I drew, Ty was like, 
and he'd pause and he'd read the name and I'd be like, fuck, fuck, is that good or bad? Is that good or bad? And, and then he'd slowly <laughs> read what it did. And uh, it, I don't know. Like I knew, I knew I was going to die. I said, it, I lasted you, two months with it. And this I is going to kill saying, Like I'm going to, I'm going to go. Like I know it's going to happen. It's it. from what I've heard, this is really bad. And I didn't care. It was my character is an introvert gambler. Of course, he's going to want the deck of many things. And of course, he's going to draw from it. I was proud that I could make it last two months and not draw them all that first night. Well, so. you, yeah, you drew out the, the experience for everyone too, like by doing that, which is great. Um, Mochi hiding in the corner now from the <laughs> that's actually her spot that's usually where she lays her bed used to be over there um mochi wants another treat that's what she wants you don't get another treat till we get another subscription we're extorting people now <laughs> <laughs> um like no i i um so like you actually you, you with leroy, uh, leroy you, you the t-rex scene when you fought the like the weird bio t-rex i'm like this is gonna kill this character. I like. I'm like. This is where this character dies. Like as a GM, I'm just like, and like you rolled hot. You were running hot that day. Yeah. In my set. Yeah. There were a lot of those moments where you should have just died. Yeah. Yeah. I I rolled what like six natural twenties that night. Oh my god! It was crazy. It, it was crazy. It probably it was six sounds about right. It was it was a good amount, and like I think each player had about one. It was was Spiky playing that game? Yeah, Spiky was the Captain America cosplayer. Um, he didn't roll, I don't think he rolled one, but like, that's, see, that's why I like to do the one shots, because they're just like, they're all silly. The whole point is for them to be that, like, that part of D&D that's weird, and is to like, kind of like, condense it into one session real quick, that's why the plots are always kind of inane, so that you can really get into like, because you don't have a lot of time to, to, to like, figure out your character, and like, fall in love with it, and stuff like that, like you do with a, with a proper D&D session. So the one shots, I kind of take this, the the silly thing because it's really easy to get silly pretty quick you know treat oh oh no all right now thank you so much for the the sub mochi our extortion worked <laughs> do you like another treat can you sit sit that's a good mochi uh, while he gives a treat we can answer the chat questions here we go uh tristan we can chat about escalation anytime uh, Skype, Discord, or phone call. I don't care. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's all the questions. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we're actually like at the point where we're, where we're, where we're wrapping up. We've gone, we've gone two, two hours, 13 minutes of Wait, proper. Though, what if, what if I want to beat Tristan's length? Oh, if you want to beat Tristan's ring, uh, length, if you want to beat his high score of like 247. Yeah. I've got more topics. All right, let's go. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you see that, Tristan? You've been called out, my dude. Uh, <laughs> I've got I've got all the content in the world. Um, yeah, so um, I kind of wanted to talk about your uh, about uh, Orgot's uh, Damon's View here, because you've talked a lot about the Escalation League itself, and I mentioned you were a hobby hero. But, like, I kind of wanted to talk about this, dude, because I see you're rocking the Scale 75s. I see you've got a compressor at, right behind you. Yeah, how much uh, dry brushing or how much uh, airbrushing do you do in your just process? Uh, on this model or like as a, as a, a general, just ge- a general, and then we'll kind of go into specifics. So general first. Yeah, so I I prime everything. I prime with an airbrush. I think that's like if you don't have an airbrush and and 
you need to be convinced just buy one because it makes priming so much better uh you'll never have a problem with the rattle can you'll never have to go outside you won't have to spray in your bathroom or something um in winter so, yeah like yeah, winter rolls yeah. around yep yeah. yeah so that i mean that in itself is is probably 40 percent of what i use the airbrush for um i now that i know i'm i'm more proficient with it i do all my base coating with it uh and i do i, I always zenithal uh, so i prime i zenithal and i base coat every model that i paint other than metallics um with the airbrush I, I still hand paint on the metallics. Um, do you don't do, know why? But are you doing non-metallic metals for your metal uh, metallics? Or nope, you you do nope, okay? Nope. I've I've not yet decided to do that. You haven't I, dipped your toe in just yet. Okay. Yeah, I think at some point, like I'll do I'll do one of those armies like like Mitzi and try to drive myself insane and paint an entire. Maybe it was Jimbo. I think it was Jimbo who did the one of the two of them did the Stormcast army all or Oscar Lars like. One day I'll feel crazy enough to paint a two thousand point army in non metallics, but someone did the chrome. Point. The chrome cast Eternals was freaking insane. Did you see those? Yes, yes, I did. Oh, ah, like I like that. There's that part of you that's just like blown away when you see a model that well painted, and then there's also that part of you that boils inside with resentment. <laughs> No, no, just, no, that's just me. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, no, that happens all the time. Okay. <laughs> like, like, it's okay. But I like, think that goes back to part of, like, a lot of times you don't respect how well you paint. Like, like you... I'm not at all trying to brag, right? Like, I paint models and I'm like, oh, whatever, it looks okay. But people are like, holy cow, that looks great. And I'm like, well, I mean, there's this, this, and this about it that's not great, right? But right. Um, Because you see the flaws when you look at your own stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I I do. That's basically it for airbrushing. I've I've been practicing a lot more with detail with an airbrush um, and and end end glazes with an airbrush. But it's something that I I think is an incredible tool and everyone should own because those first two steps alone, the the priming and the zenithal, the the level that that takes your painting to is is just a huge step up right it, if you don't if you've never done zenithal painting before and you don't know the effect it can have on glazing and things like that it's watch hobby cheating videos from vince but then try it and practice it and it allows you to to wet blend and have things look great yeah my my nagash is uh is uh is zenithaled and uh my my beasts will be i had a test model for uh, an ungor raider uh, and I did it a little bit, and uh, I'm still using Rust-Oleum rattle cans, though. Don't tell anybody. They'll, like, take away my hobby <laughs> trophies. I'll never win. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there, so there we have a general. And then now I want to go specific with uh, with the uh, Orgot's Damon Spew, I think, is, is his last name. That is him. Yeah. You've actually got better pictures. I just liked this one better because we had the scale 75 and the play-in and slay-in cup. Yeah, that was the Koopman <laughs> picture. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, so I, I actually watched this one like kind of in progress coming up through it. Um, and this purple has actually really got some depth to it here on screen as opposed to like when you were bringing it up. So, so you want to just take me a little bit through what you did here? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's zenithled. And then I, it's, I, there's not a purple paint that I really like. Mm -hmm. So like 
I feel like the purple and the pinks, as far as paint, at least that I use, I use scale and GW, and that's basically it. I use, I use Vallejo like here and there, but not a ton of it. Um, so there's not a, a purple that I really like. So that's I that's custom colors that I, I'm slowly in the process of putting all my GW paints in the dropper bottles because I'm finally caving into to doing that. But so I, uh, it's basically two different scale colors with some ink as the base coat and then the same two scale colors with a lighter scale color and some ink as uh glaze and then believe it or not it's dry brushed so um i i always do a base coat of a a very thin glaze over the xenothal and then i do layering but then i do a top coat of dry brushing i still Um, like how it looks yeah and like I mean, so dry brushing, I am a firm believer in dry brushing. I think that people who hate it are just people who, like, kind of are on their hobby high horse. And, like, if you think that dry brushing is a is a cheating way or a lazy way to paint, uh, I think that you're a fool. Um, so especially if you glaze over your dry brush. If you dry brush and glaze, it makes you have super highlights and super it's, yeah, deep Trist, recesses. Tristan so. said it there too. Like I like I paint a lot of skeletons and dry brushing when you when you get through it and then like you said 420 glaze it at the end. It just oh, like I'm not that good of a painter, but just that knowing that technique makes stuff look good. It looks good. I like Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It's just yes. like it's it's a tool it's a tool in a toolbox and it might be like your hammer or your screwdriver one you always go to, but still like you don't want to use the screwdriver for a different job, you know even if it is your most used tool. So. Yeah, but I mean like so someone just said it right like when you have one of these and I can't see my camera anymore but I'm sure you can see what this is. Yeah. Um, it like the difference that this makes in dry brushing compared to trying to use like. Something like this that's not meant to be used for dry brushing. Um, neither is this, but this has very soft. And if you get your paint off it, like, you'll never have brush strokes. You'll have very high highlights, and then you put a glaze over it, and it looks beautiful. So, like, I don't know. You can use that for almost every step of painting, and it, it gives you a much easier way to get blended colors than, than wet blending. And I think that wet blending is super intimidating for a lot of people. And like working with retarders and things like that is is kind of overwhelming and something that like if you don't practice, it looks really bad. But if you take the time to practice and learn, like anything else, it looks good. But this is almost like something you don't even have to practice as long as you get enough paint off and you, again, get enough glaze off your brush when you're doing it. It, it just works. Like it's, it's not hard. It's It just is being patient and making sure that you get the paint off the brushes right and clearly we're looking at a work in progress here but i I think i think you can see the intent of the model really well um we had a question earlier about the escalation league um i know you were really answering it what's up with an escalation league um nosh asked uh specifically um what's up with an escalation league um so just in case you know you're joining live later or you you've been hobby painting and you're tuning us out in the in the vod later when you're listening the, uh, back to this an escalation league is essentially escalating the game points and the ho- and therefore kind of like the hobby as you go along right like that's that's the idea is that you um you know you start out playing your escalation league starting at 500 points or a thousand yeah. 
500 points. Yeah, so you're starting out at 500 points. Um, I mean, hopefully you got a narrative in there, some sort of thing that has these armies throwing themselves. If not, I could write you something. I'm, I'm well, good at writing. Well, our, our Tomb King's friend uh, just sent a link because he's in. Mm. He has officially joined, and this is beautiful. So Nice. Yes, the answer, the answer to a question you didn't ask but just hinted at is yes. This is what we're using. Perfect. Look, a narrative. Nice. Oh. Okay, cool. This, this makes me happy. Um, so, yeah, so, like, the Escalation League is that, like, essentially you start on, like, a small points. Um, it's really good for, to get people into the hobby and to help build a community early, like, somewhere, right? Um, which is really where you're at with your, and this circles back to our islands chat, which is really why I wanted to bring you on here is because you've been building up your island better than I, I've checked out for my local gaming store. Like, it's just like the one Skaven player who has his models for Warhammer Fantasy Battle, and I have beat him, and I have beat him three or four times now, and I'm like, you win this matchup, dude. (laughs) You know, like, I'm like, I'm like, here's... Here's Nagash and 80 skeletons. Like, I'm not even the fast version of Nagash. You should win this. And it's just like... Anyway. So I've, like, kind of checked out from my local gaming store. And, like, that's on me. That's not on them. I should do some of those things you mentioned where I go in there and I'm more active and engaged. And so you have this, this, this Escalation League, 500 points. But then also there's a hobby side of it. You want people to be sharing their models as they go and their progress. Like you, you're doing here with this. And then you add 250 points on, you know, in, in another however amount of... What's your period of time, do you think? Right? Each well, month. Each month? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there it is, Ty. Oh, I was bad. wrong so... by double. <laughs> I said three. <laughs> I made it six. I'm in my It's good I'm that he came late, beer. though. He missed all the terrible things I said about him. So. Oh, yeah. We were, just, we were just teeing off on how bad your D&D game is. <laughs> Um, and how Bryce and the whole basement or death are going to come play with me instead no go on so Nash asked again like specifics and if it's Midwest Tristan where do you live like the middle of nowhere in Canada Uh, Um, he lives on the greatest island in Canada (laughs) so Prince uh, Prince Albert Island in in person that's a joke obviously is part of it but um, I I have tried very hard to make it open to to everyone and uh, we just got a Canadian involved. Um, so you don't have to be here to be part of it. Like you, if you want to join us and paint with us and, and join in the narrative ha- part of it, and I'll send you bits from my army happily. If you want to put those on your bases, happy to do it. So if you're interested, just uh, hit me up on Twitter or email me at intern at basement of death.com. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, that's awesome. Like, I, I actually, like, so, like, I do have virtual tabletop. I wonder if I could, uh, I could rig it up with some custom, uh, meeples and shit for you guys to, like, do your deployment, and then we talk through what happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and then, like, see who won for, like, to get, a, like, a, I know, like, the hobby aspect and the narrative aspect is really, like, a big part of it, but the narrative needs to be drawn from somewhere. I guess we could just, like, go into roll 20 and roll a, roll a d6. Just, yeah, yeah. roll takes it. You won that game, and then we can have a narrative battle. Narrative, oh. narrative the other. What if it's a, what if it's a rap battle? Or a rap battle? Yeah, yeah. As long as Jacob Berry's not involved, I'm good with the rap battle. 
Bryce and Tristan to play horse. <laughs> we could we could live stream it. You're at two different basketball courts, but we can have like various there positions. Go. There we go. We can have the positions marked out, so just position one, two, three, four, five. However many positions <laughs> we need to shoot from. Perfect. Can we, can we play on a nine foot hoop? I'm I'm a little out of it now that I broke my hand. <laughs> Winner gets the other guy to paint a model. Well, no, it's it's sending bits from your army. So, Bryce, I, in this situation, Tristan, you're my bro, but uh, Bryce, you got to crush him because I want all those sweet, sweet Tomb King heads on your bases. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get fucked. You're done. <laughs> I, I love my tiny little community <laughs> for rant casts seriously thank you all um wow um so yeah uh you're painting up this guy um work in progress here uh and then you had some like plague bearers or, or blight kings where was it plague bearers yeah plague bearers so yeah i got i got ograth and then the 10 blight kings and then a converted uh sorcerer that i haven't shared with the world yet so mm. he's right here but you can only see him from a distance <laughs> i see a great bray shaman with a sweet scythe you do see a great Bray Shaman with maybe a Blight King body and a scythe. I don't know. Who knows? Hell yeah. <laughs> How does the bit swap work in Escalation? That's actually a great question. Uh, so I, there's not really like necessarily – I think it's more of like a narrative thing, right? Like if if we come across each other and we have a battle – and like obviously I don't I don't know where you live. You don't have to tell me because it's the internet. But Correct. if you live in the middle of Wyoming and we can we can play each other and you can have crossed me. There's another treat. <laughs> Welcome back. Twenty four years of subscription from Greywalker. This is Max. <laughs> he is the OG of my uh, subscribers, by the way. When I first hit affiliate two whole years ago, uh, nice. Max is the first subscriber. Uh, he's uh, he's from Germany. Uh, he is the German, uh, and uh, we played D and D. He he was like in every one of my one shots for like almost a like a six month span. So, so nice. yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in, Max. But uh, you did just get the corgi a treat for this for the reset. So, <laughs> oh Jake, would you like a treat? There we go. Good doggo. Um, anyway, so escalation where they live, the bit swap continue oh yeah 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 so so like uh, basically like the the way that the easiest way to talk about it is the most obvious way so ty is starting an iron jaws army if he's in the if he's in the uh escalation league and like has a battle against the tomb kings and destroys some tomb king giant and then maybe he puts the tomb king giant's head as a shoulder pad and its weapon as its great weapon things like that like if you wanna if you wanna tell a story about how you kicked my ass and you want some bits from my army, I will gladly throw them in the mail for you and you can convert up your bases, your models, whatever you wanna do with with that. So No, you don't have to apologize, Max. I'm just happy you're here and uh you continue to support me in my quest. Um We're in a in a live uh live show, obviously, so I'll have to PM you in a bit, but 13-hour shifts, three days a week. Yeah, uh, gross. And we both brought 
are we both purchased Tomb King Giants at Nashcon, so they kind of are growing on trees at this point in time. It's, it's funny. So, like, and that's the thing is, like, do you actually lop off the head of your thing that they beat, or you just buy a bit, or you have your extra bits oh, in your no. box? I, I probably am not willing to cut up my painted models, but I have extra bits that I would be happy to give. Unless it was, like, something truly epic, then, sure, you I'll cut up a model for you but if it's like super but that's got to be the finals yeah that's got to be pretty hard yeah like we all have extra bits for our armies laying around and stuff yeah cool cool love it yeah i i suddenly like now have probably a thousand points of tomb kings (laughs) see i have i have several thousand points of tomb kings because i just proxy everything i have that's the better version from legions of nagash and then Ooh. run it as a Tomb Kings Ooh. model. <laughs> and soon I'll have like 5,000 points because the best army in Age of Sigmar is getting released in a couple months. <laughs> God, I'm a monster. Uh, we got Bane Morgast. Is that Kyle? <laughs> um, Yeah, one of them is. Uh, minimum Pants was in here earlier. Oh, no, that's not Minimum Pants. That's Frank on the Rocks. No, uh, Frank is uh, he's he's on the uh, he's on the Bone Reaper train with me. Ah, uh, uh, so man. yeah, one of us, one of us. <laughs> uh. We got so much chat; it's, it's hard to read the chat. It's, yeah, long. no, I I haven't had to deal with this much chat in such a long time, and that the OG sub is is in here. I feel I have to. <laughs> talk to him it's like it's like actually like an elvis sighting at this point i haven't seen him in a couple months nice. but he's 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 kept the streak alive 24 straight months of subscription this is why so like the, i do my october marathons um i do a spoopy game marathon so sorry everyone in the entire world that watches me for D and age of sigmar um <laughs> i actually play video games on stream sometimes um and in october i did a i famously have done like spoopy game marathons or, or like scary game mar- marathons uh, i kick off every one of them with an alan wake game whether it's uh alan wake the core game or alan wake's american nightmare because alan wake is me in a video game form and so we're journeying through the darkness with him and it alternates which one i do each year so this year we're actually on the rotation to do alan wake's american nightmare which is the dlc it's a quick little like playthrough four hours maybe uh it's fantastic so do tune in for that October 1st, whatever day that is, it doesn't matter. Um, but like I do like the horror game marathon because October is my favorite month. Every great thing that has ever happened in my life has happened in October. Molly. Okay. Well, Colin was born in November, but like <laughs> whatever. Um, no, it's just like October is just like always like that good month. It's when my, my work hours, like they die down a little bit. I'm still getting paid well, so, like, I just get free time now, and so then I, I recommit to video games. Uh, OCR Bone Reapers come out in October, so it's just, like, it's the best month. So I'll be doing my scary game marathon again. Um, Will you play the Simpsons zombie game? <laughs> what? Is this a thing? <laughs> I don't know. That's what Tristan just asked. Is this a thing? Send me a link. Maybe I'll do that. Oh no, we'll still you'll still get your rant cast. You'll get a the the point of the of the October marathon isn't about being a spooky game. It's about me streaming five days a week. That's actually what it is. Is it was 
when originally when I was making my push for subscriber, after I got a, uh, around the time I got affiliate, I, uh, I decided like I needed the thing that was holding my streaming back the most was schedule. And so I needed to get into the habit of a schedule. And so when I made my push, I got affiliate 24 months ago. So it would have been in September. Uh, that's when my friend here, uh, Max subscribed. Uh, and then October was like, okay, I made affiliate let's go. And so I started like the marathon to like get myself streaming five days a week, like a real streamer and stuff. And, uh, so it's more about number of streams. So in October, you're going to have five days of Mephisto a week. You're going to get D&D once. Every week. Every week. For an entire month. Five days of Mephisto. All the Mephisto you can handle. And you might even get six or seven. Some weeks. That's impressive. I know. I know. So you're going to get all that uh, hot, sick Mephisto action. Um, Yeah, but then I do... um, The rant cast will keep going. I got to do my next uh, docket of guests. So after you, uh, Andrew Tolstead will be on. Um, he, you, you know him, don't you? I'm not sure how you know him. But yeah, if, I know him. He's my clubmate, man. Yeah, he's your clubmate. But he said something when you all won all of the hobby awards about the hometown or something like that, that are, like a handful of you are from or like the college or something like that. It wasn't Whitewater. Uh, it was, you all share a common town together or like some of you, I don't know, but, um, I'm not sure, unless he's from... I know he lives in the Milwaukee area right he now. He lives in I, Madtown now. Oh, Madtown. Formerly okay. from Milwaukee. And he went to, like, Whitewater or Beaver Dam or I don't know. Definitely not Beaver Dam. No one goes to Beaver Dam but me. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, like, he, he's talking about... So, like, you, he was in your club and you... Right? Like, he was in your yeah, club for that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I met him a couple years back at Adepticon and... and uh, I've just chatted with him here and there since, and he's a really cool dude. Yeah, see, I, like, I knew him IRL, and then... Oh, okay. Through, like, so it went the other way, because he was Joe's roommate. And, uh, you know, Joe's my college friend, you know, forever. Hey, well, uh, I don't know if what you're supposed to know that. He needs to be mysterious, right, to maintain his authority. Yeah, yeah, you can't call him the J-O-E word. Yeah, no, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, I, um, man... Yeah, so he's up next. Uh, that's going to be a Saturday uh, recording instead of a Thursday, which is where I want to record every Thursday. So the video is out on Friday, and I'm right in between anything important. I'm after Warhammer Weekly. You have time to watch my video in between everybody else's <laughs> break. There's so, there's so much good content in this community. It's like you almost feel arrogant even thinking you can start a podcast. You know? Like, like how am I going to fit it in? I have my, like, must-listens to, which is, like, it, it's... It starts regionally. Like, I have to listen to the everybody from my area. I've recently started listening to Mortal Realms because of you, Tristan. You asshole. <laughs> so, like, there's just a ton of, like, podcasts to catch up on there. And I listen to non-Age of Sigmar podcasts, too, everybody. I know it's weird. Um, I haven't watched a Critical Role in I don't know how long. But that's because their paywall is stupid. It's stupid. You will never have a paywall with Mephisto. Until I really sell out super hard, and there's like a, th- <laughs> and there's like a thousand people watching these. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, no, so it's like, um, like you almost feel arrogant to start a podcast, and then you're like, but then you're like me, and you're you're like your favorite podcast hasn't come out with an episode for like two weeks, and then your second favorite hasn't come out with one for like a couple weeks, and you're like, 
And then, like, it comes out, and you instantly listen to it, and then you're like, God damn it, I have, like, seven hours left of work, and, like, five more days of work. And so, like, you just... So, I, I get it. Like, there's more... More stuff. The one shot didn't have a paywall for how long. You could have stopped subbing at any time at some point. Like, Snooka <laughs> subbed once, and then she got into, like, three one-shots. Uh, three one shots. Bryce has, isn't subbed to me. He's He's been in a one-shot. I That was... <laughs> That's not a content barrier, though. That's a participation barrier. You got to pay money to to glimpse the sun. You can watch it for free. <laughs> There's no paywall to watch it. But yeah, you got to pay to get behind the velvet ropes. What, what am I? I'm not Santa Claus. I can't give all my quality away for free. <laughs> no, the the one shots though, and that was somebody else's idea. Is they're like, oh, you know, you're really good at D and D, and I know. What a dumb way. What a dumb thing to say. You're really good at D&D. Like, ooh, I'm good at... I don't know. And, and they're like, well, well, how about you like make that a, like an incentive for people to subscribe? Like, they get to be in your, your D&D games. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Because a lot that's of others... another sub. Got another sub. On oh, the minimum. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Mochi, are you treated out? Or are you ready for another treat? Oh, I don't know treat. why you... I don't know either, Kyle. All right, Mochi. You know, you get to get in camera range for the treat. Can we go down here? There's a treat. Oh, it's a delicious treat. Thank you so much for that that sub there, Kyle. You missed your part where I already talked about how I love you earlier on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so, like, I, I don't know. I, I was hesitant to start casting because I, I felt like it was arrogant to try to make content. Because I don't... And this is, you know how you talk about, like, with painting, how you get insecure because you only see your flaws? It's the same way when you, you tell stories, when you write stories, when you when you do podcasts and stuff. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch this in a couple days. And I'm going to see every time I said, um, or like. <laughs> Don't the count mine. <laughs> the entire, and that's all I'm going to hear is, um, or like, for an entire segment. And I'm just going to, like, sit there, like, hating the entire segment. And, uh... Huh. Like it's, it, it's rough. Like you're, 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 you're really analytical. And like, I know directly like content creators that I respect more than whatever I would, I do on this show. And it's not from like an insecure standpoint, like the production value, for instance, of, of playing and slaying is unquestionable. I don't know who it is on your team. I've heard it's like actually a, a Josh, someone's been in broadcast. Um, Mr. Koopman does the, does the, the editing. Yeah, um, they've been an actual uh, Coop, the the Coopman has been an actual bro broadcaster had some some learning in it because I hear real and literal actual techniques. Uh, so the creative writing program at Eau Claire is very thin. So they make you take film courses and broadcast courses and journalism courses, which is why I have extra knowledge, like a couple classes here or there. Um, but it's like um. The production value is, like, there. I'm like, I don't have production value. I just started the tape at the beginning of the thing. And at the end, I'm going to cut off, like, ten minutes here and, like, two minutes on the back end. And that that's what's going to go to YouTube. There's no production value here. Uh, like, I'm not even sold on the layout. No real broadcast. I love the layout. Just, just a wizard. I, I want a chat to be really big because that's part of what being a live streamer is, I think the live cast aspect, the live radio is the advantage of this format is you get to participate and showing that the participation is part of it is, is important. But 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You studied com arts, but do none of the work. <laughs> uh, Ty, Ty is always impressed when he puts like one line of show notes into the the show notes that Troy has already written for us. Oh, I, I I like that that Ty knows to modulate. Do you know how <laughs> annoying it is to listen to good podcasters not modulate their goddamn voice? Like, <laughs> mm, like it's so like it's what, so frustrating. What? What did you think of Sensual Ty when we were talking? Like, was uh, like, it was one of the B-roll of one of the episodes recently. At the end of at the end of the so the end of last one was like them seeing you on Discord. That was like yeah. the whole thing. And it was, it, the episode before that was was uh, we were changing the lighting in the room and Ty uh, turned it into the, the love shack or something. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No, that was good. And then the other one was just like. Uh, talking about uh, was it Tom's knee in the hallway? Like <laughs> that was, yeah. No, man. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, Ty. Um, y'all, y'all do put out a. You only have like ten people that listen to you or whatever, but like there should be ten hundred that listen to you. It's fucking great. It's it's fantastic. Um. But uh, wow, you're going for at some point. We're just padding for time to break Tristan's record. Yeah, that's fine. He's, you know he's <laughs> going to come back someday and try to try to be like, yeah, let's go longer than Bryce. And I want to make it so that he really has to put in the effort. He's, that's he's, what it is. He's going to feel really bad after this game of horse when he embarrasses himself. And then he's going to try super hard to, to beat me here. So It's been padding for like 45 <laughs> minutes. It, hey, the clock don't lie, Tristan. The clock don't lie. What we need, the real measure will be how many likes do we get on the video. <laughs> or, how many likes versus, like, down likes. The per- we'll go off the percentage, right? It would be more fair that way. Because that video has been out longer, you know, so it's just going to have, yeah. like, extra views going on. So we got to go off the percentage like to dislike. So the, the, the higher percentage enjoyed video is the one that, that wins, Tristan. Do, do we have dislikes on Tristan's video? Not a one. All right, well, let's change that. <laughs> <laughs> like, speaking of, like, so we, we keep talking about these, like, these gamer islands, which is the main point, and, like, I'm astonished that one of my favorite people is Tristan. He just li- yeah, li- I'm astonished by that, too. Yeah. Uh, for we no sh- other reason than that it's him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, I mean, I've met, like, uh, AOS coach, Tristan, um, are, like, LLV like, uh, to an extent, because we just, like, are on the same wavelength in terms of, like, how we got into Age of Sigmar. Like, he even played competitive fighters like I did and stuff until, like, I broke my hand, and then I just, like, I, you can't... When it's milliseconds difference, you know, you lose that millisecond, it's over. Um, so, like, uh, like, I met these people from, like, around the country or around the world, the literal world, and, like, some of them are just, like... Like, I would talk to Tristan about personal issues if he'd let me. Like, you know, like, this is, like, where I trust him with that information. It's like, there's, I'm, as a writer, I'm naturally an open book because everything I, I do it becomes a story. You know, everything that ever happens to me becomes a story anyway. You have to be okay with a certain degree of broadcast. But then there's a degree of intimacy is different from information, if that makes sense. Like, you and Ty that and Tom that, that night, it's just like, I consider you guys some of my closest friends now. Uh, within the age of Sigmar community, I'm like this, these are the like my go-to 
these are like my like, like these are becoming my go to peeps in this community and stuff and and uh and just kind of the Milwaukee scene in general where it's like I didn't like expect to be embraced by like a community as a total outsider the way I was and so you talk about like building islands and stuff and I, I think you do connect with people and then it's like let's go to the place and play a game together you know and that's that's freaking magical uh not anymore frank uh as the aforementioned broken hand i peaked in street fighter uh i i peaked in uh in soul caliber 2 and tekken tag um so i peaked back then and street fighter alpha whatever was out and marvel versus capcom the first one had just be becoming uh, marvel versus capcom 2 was big but i marvel versus capcom still had a really really strong scene so, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I did that and I did some competitive MOBA-ing and I did competitive shooter for a while. Um, but I made the most real money off of Magic the Gathering followed by League of Legends. Um, I was actually an alternate, uh, I was actually an alternate on Curse. They're Team Liquid now, but they used to be Curse. I was an alternate on Team Curse, uh, for the jungler position. I was like three or four down. But basically, they had scrubs that they had to beat up in practice games to go prepare for their pro tournament, and I was one of those scrubs that they beat up once a week. That was the closest I ever got to being, like, a pro player. Mm. MK, MK11 looks excellent, by the way. It's, it's fucking fantastic. They finally have a proper game. Yeah, um... You, sp you value the sports trophy more than any trophy but was accused of buying the vote, and that kind of hurt the feels. Yeah, I mean, that'll do it. I, I don't... I, I've i had people say that before, like, that you're buying their sports vote. Well, that's a meme, but like, right? I mean, I'm giving people shit because I like them. I'm buying them drinks because I like them. I, I've played people who I've not bought drinks for, and I, I've... I've I don't know. I've won sports votes before, so I I wouldn't say that you're necessarily buying your votes. It's when it's it's just the crabby ass people that think they deserve a trophy for for anything that are gonna say those kind well, of we, things. Like we're bringing... you own that. You tied with me, man. Don't dis don't discount yourself. <laughs> well, no, I've got I we got Corgi Gate going on here. <laughs> I, I'm buying was... subs with a Corgi. Uh, no, I I um. Sports is weird. Like, the, the competitive monster in me is, like, I hate how sports is handled. But, like, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think sports voting and, and, and hobby voting are two things that keep Age of Sigmar wholesome. It's just, like, I don't know. You don't want to see that, like, the chipmunking and those weird things. The thing is, is, like, I haven't really seen them directly until Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but yeah. like, where it's just like, that was like, you know, like, cause Andrew Tolstead's army like was there. It, it, one of the best painted armies I've, I've personally like seen up close. The more you look at it, the more like you notice, like he has the hand painted checker patterns and like just these really with the, the chat, he has like a little chessboard patterns and you know, the rust, the real rust effects on his weapons and stuff. You go like someone's gonna walk past your display board to the margarita machine, like every time. Even if it's not the best one painted in the room, 
they're walking towards that that Margaritaville. Like, and that's not to take away from Margaritaville, man. He put effort into his display board and stuff, but it's like you can sway people with the like advertising of a of of an army or the advertising of the sports. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like, I I don't think that the and maybe I don't know what exactly I know exactly what you're talking about, but maybe not the specific example. But like the the flashy shit might win like favorite army votes, but it's never gonna win a painting vote. Like the a lot of times the best painted army is the one that doesn't catch your eye, right? Like the the it's oh, all about contrast yeah. when you walk past in a big room. Like if you have a dark painted army with bright ass highlights. That's why people love OSL so much is because it really catches your eye. It's what your brain just naturally does it. So, you know, Sylvaneth is a great example because you paint your trees dark and you put bright leaves on them and everyone's like, oh, man, that's awesome. When you could have a Andrew Tulsa or this is a bad example, but Vince army next to it that isn't going to catch your eye as quickly as that does. So you're just naturally inclined to turn this way. Well, if you don't know it was Vince standing next to Vince's army at Nashcon, you might've walked past it and you wouldn't yeah. have got, got the, got well, to you. Eh, the, it, the, no, but like the, to admire the, the detail, those rocks, I was like, this is unreal. Is this a, is this a printed mat on his display? Board, yeah. Or did he paint these? the mirror? So. The mirror is where I just couldn't, I couldn't look away from his mirror. The, 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 it had the portal and it showed and he painted yeah. Yeah. the like he did a, a fucking three point perspective painting through the mirror. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, so you walk up and you pick it up. He's basically got this three point perspective depth painting on the other side of the mirror. It's just in a space, this, this tiny space. And I'm just like, ah, like, like yeah, like, wow. But again, it was a muted colors, grays, purples. He had, you know, like it was, it was kind of a muted color scheme, so you might not catch you immediately unless you were looking for it. Um, but his his display board was good too, though. He had a nothing like overt, just clean, good. Yeah, good. T- just here's technique, right? Like it was good. All right, um, one more AMA session. I got to use the restroom real quick. And then, yeah. uh, and then we'll switch to closeout because you've already beaten Tristan's record easily. Now, yeah, and I'm not padding the time either. This is all great content. Um, so Max let's quality. hear those questions. <laughs> yeah, so let's get a question in here. And if I come back to a sub or something, it's your sub, not mine. I'll be giving you the <laughs> the the prime sub is you get two dollars and fifty cents, uh, and if it's a tier one sub, you get five dollars. Oh, look at that, so. Like, did you say sub? What's that? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Yeah, Mochi heard the word sub. She's like, I'm about it. It's ruled out of winning best sports at Meltdown since I had an opponent cascade and leave. I understand why I did it. Family emergency, but it was a bummer. You are a fantastic person, Kyle. (laughs) And I hope that one day I get to play you, but only... If you're fielding eight more guests, it's a requirement. Where uh, where are the subs? Are the questions at though? You guys, come on. Look at look at the poor dog. She just wants to get out, and Andrew locked her in the room. What's my favorite corn hero? 
my favorite corn hero is without a question Archeon. Does that count? Um, uh, Scarbrand is is also there, uh, and then I really like I really like the uh, why can't I think of his name? The Whip dude. The uh, I don't know because he looks so silly. He looks like he should be a Nurgle model, but he's a corn model. So I like I like those those three. If I had to pick one, I'd pick Scarbrand because the dude's badass. Bloodstoker. Yep. All right, who's padding now? You think it's me? How about you ask me a more relevant question than you trying to defend yourself? <laughs> What's your favorite model you've ever painted? The favorite model I've ever painted is probably my Celestin Prime. Um, uh, yeah, I think so, without question, actually, on that one. So I converted the Celestin Prime up with the Phoenix Wings uh, and painted it, painted it to match my, my Phoenix Army. I just think that that model is is such a cool model, and then when you take those silly wings that it comes with off it and put really any other wings on it, it just turns into this incredible model. So that, and then the model I, I I'll just ask myself a question. I'm most proud of is probably the the Frostheart Phoenix that I converted for Holy Wars. Um, that was the first hobby award that I ever won, and it was it was something that I wanted to do for a super long time, and I was like. I don't know why I didn't do it, but I, I basically inverted the Phoenix and bent his wings the other way and had him standing a lot like the way that Chris Tomlin did it, but I tried to do it even more. Um, so, yeah, that was that was uh, my favorite model. <laughs> Can't hold up a show without hand-holding. I get it, yep. Um, what's your take on the four-team event at Akon? Do you have a group and a plan yet? I love it more than anything I could have ever imagined I, I would love. Um, I, I, I don't know the answers to the other two questions. There's been a lot of talks about a group uh, and a lot of talks about a plan, but it's kind of up in the air. I, I, the one thing I'm wishing is that we had a bit more detail at this point because for, for what I think that I and possibly a group of people want to put into it, it, it really has to start pretty soon. Um, and, and I don't want to half-ass it or rush it. So I'm hoping that Alex gets something posted soon. I know that he's a, obviously an extremely busy man with a one-year-old kid. And, new and kid, whatnot. yeah, new no baby. No fault to him, but I just, for my own selfish reasons, want to uh, know <laughs> and know as soon as possible. Mochi, here's a bonus treat for tolerating me being on. Bonus treats. Good Mochi. Um, so I've got a question for you. Yeah. Teams, singles, or doubles? Which do you prefer? Event or like a one day type of thing? Like Ooh. a, like a play one game or a play an event? Event. Event? Uh, doubles without a doubt. Uh, well, okay. I can't say that fairly cause I've never played in a team's event. Um, but if we're talking like a teams where each, each game is, is a 2000 point game, um, two, two, two person team event is a hundred percent what I would choose. Not, not just because of the chance to play with someone I really enjoy for five games, but also cause you get to meet 10 people instead of five. Um, and that, that's cool to me. And I, I just like the, the cool shit you can do when you each can play a thousand points. Um, and I don't know if Tyson is still here, but, uh, 
this year at Holy Wars, we're trying to do something cool. And, and I, I think that team events allow for the coolest hobby adventures you can ever go on because you, if you put the time and effort into theming those two armies together, it, the, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. So doubles. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I've been in love with the doubles format since Dragonfall. I got to meet both you and Butch in the same game, right? <laughs> yep. And I got to meet both the Ramchecks in the same game. And, like, it was like where, you know, Joe and Mark would be playing, and then I would get to talk to Isaiah, and, and then, like, you know, someone's doing something, and then I can, like, actually talk to the... To actually get to talk to somebody while models are being moved is... Oh, here we go. We're bringing the waifu into 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 camera. Um, Someone asked, so you know you got to get it. Yeah. Or you can see it. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. The uh, the IC champ. Uh, no, no. So like I, I like that that aspect there, but also like a lot of the pressure of a tournament has taken off. Like there are logistical things of moving your army and setting up and stuff that just having another pair of hands there makes. Yeah insanely it just smooths the process so like the three rounder i'd love to see like a five rounder doubles i've only ever really oh no i'd like to i've seen a five rounder doubles i no it's only been three i've only seen three seen three rounder doubles i've never done a five i'd love to see a five rounders doubles yeah i think it i think i think it would be awesome and I, I think it just takes someone doing it, right? Because so many people want it. And if, if someone just does it, it's going to be successful. Like, so, yeah. 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 So, incidentally, Rantcast will be hosting adult. No. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I just, uh, I did the TO thing once and I, I liked it. But I'm like, hey, there's so much other crap that goes into being a TO that I don't have the resources for right now. So, I got to put that back on pause. But. Just focus on my armies and rank yeah. cast and We got two more questions. Two person teams, one K or one thousand two hundred and fifty points. I'm not gonna answer this. I think Kyle knows my answer. Um I will answer and say a thousand points. I think that one thousand two hundred and fifty is just people trying to netlist more and for me it's a hobby thing, like I think I've made pretty clear. So that's that's uh, that's my answer, Kyle. Like it or love it. <laughs> like it or love it. Your only two options. You can either like it or love it. Um, I I do I do like the uh, the 1250, um, and I like it. Not. I like it because you get to field a huger, sweeter model, and if you're like a fluff narrative guy, you can you can take your 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 uh, Alarial now and not be at a total like compromise to your your partner you know you can bring your huge stupid crap that's kind of overpriced and i like being able to have two people playing huge stupid crap you know joe's bcr list works more at 1250 than it does at um 1k because he's really is just like here's a stonehorn and a bunch of cats and like he's not even getting to you know if he just wants to push around the one stonehorn then you know cool otherwise it's like a stonehorn uh uh, a uh Thunder Tusk Beast Riders, and then just, like, cats, or whatever. And yeah. It's, it's barely an army at that point for him. And for me, uh, I tend to play Horde Army, so I can work at either, function at either level, you know? So, whatever. But I, I like that people get to bring more huge, stupid crap at, at 1250. Like, you're almost 
half of a real army there, whereas in in a thousand, like you're not quite, you're really sacrificing something. You know. See, I like that though. You like that though, yeah, and, and that's that's I just like the, I, yeah, and obviously, like uh, everyone's opinion is different. And yeah, I mean, I'm and not I'm not saying, saying you're wrong. wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> hey, <laughs> now you got a drink. We talked at the same time. <laughs> yeah i just like i just like the fact that like having having to make a decision of if this unit is better than this unit instead of just oh we'll just bring them both Mm. no for me it's not about that like i like the big stupid crap aspect you just want to play nagash i understand no it's no 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 not not in teams anymore it's what you wanted to say and Mm. you said Ilarial. it's okay we all know the truth he's he is have you seen the visual metaphor that occurred when I got back from uh, Nashcon? Yeah, yeah. He broke. <laughs> he broke. It was like the universe was telling me to put him on the shelf for a little while. I, I'm just, I don't believe in signs and crap like that, but Nagash just, like, breaking when I got him home. It literally broke it, actually. It was, um, oh my god. I Can I tell it? I shouldn't, no, I'm a content creator. I can't talk about kids. It's the Facebook kids photo equivalent of podcasting but i'm gonna (laughs) fucking do it anyway um so i came home and i got all my bags and came in the house and i put the stuff and then i came upstairs and i was like putting things away like because clothes i didn't wear dirty clothes have to go out the back yada yada and then molly came upstairs and she got me and she brings me downstairs and says andrew sit down i'm like okay and then she picked up nagash and his now three pieces and i'm like Okay, what happened? And she's like, well, Lily wanted to play with him, and she feels really bad about it, and so, like, I didn't want you to yell or anything like that. And I'm like, I'm like, where's Lily? And she's, like, hiding over on the recliner. This is my three-year-old daughter. And uh, she's hiding, and she's like, won't even look at me. I'm like, Lily, what happened? She's like, I broke him. And I'm like, I'm like, it's okay. It's just plastic, sweetie. I'm like, because in that moment, I wasn't mad. It was like she wanted to play Warhammer. It's just her <laughs> body doesn't work right because she's a baby. Well, she's a toddler, and she accidentally broke the Nagash. And it was just like I was more like, "That's my girl," than mad, <laughs> because like here she is just trying to emulate me and like, "Oh, Daddy just got back from the big tournament. I'm gonna like play with his stuff," you know, and and try to be like him. And so I wasn't even like upset, although like now it's like. Okay, now I gotta fix Nagash, but huh, like so that sucks. But it was that I wasn't mad that there. I was I was happy. It was adorable. It was actually like adorable, and and so like Age of Sigmar is kind of a big goddamn <laughs> deal to me. Um, I don't know if you know. And, Tristan uh, says I paid her off. She's on my payroll. <laughs> is that what it is? I think I think she's showing she's gonna be a little Nagash player when she grows up. Crap, I keep pronouncing it correctly. She's going to be a Nagash player when she grows up. She's just getting her reps in early. She knows that you can't you can't throw Nagash out there without a screen now. She knows that. She's figured it out. He breaks. She has a... Boom. She'll know forever. Got to screen your Nagash. She's nailed it now. Like she drops a skeleton from 40 feet. It won't even like lose an arm. Unless it lands exactly on the spear. But like... <laughs> Single greatest game of Warhammer you've ever played. Go. Uh, David Griffin. Uh... 
like I've personally played or like just in terms of like played um no my 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 favorite memory currently of of Warhammer is the game I played against David Griffin at Bruce City um and the thing is is I had like I had five great games that day like not just good games cuz it's like I had I played four good games and I had one that was okay no like I played five great games Every person I played could have got my my best sports vote at, at Bruce City. Every one of them. I had to agonize over who would get it, you know? Like, I, I had to truly think. And I and in the end, I ended up giving it to, to, to David because he took it like a champ in defeat, if that makes sense. And that was, like, kind of how I... Like, he lost in the most bullshit way you could lose a game of Age of Sigmar. <laughs> and he just, like, just took it on the chin. Uh, but it was like... Uh, so I played against him, and it was uh, three places. Uh, I'm sorry, places of arcane power. My old bone zone list, which is eighty skeletons, Nagash, uh, ten black knights, uh, white king on steed, and a necromancer and spell portal, obviously plus a command point. So my old list, love that list. Still the most, still peak fun for me for what I've played in Age of Sigmar so far. Uh, Good, night, of Tristan. Good night, Tristan. Good night, Tristan. I. Uh, so I jumped Nagash with pinions onto the center objective, um, except I forget to stash 40 skeletons in a gravesite, so he just has a screen of dogs and 40 skeletons behind him instead of, like, a perfect bubble of 40 skeletons, right? And then I run uh, 40, uh, 40 skeletons and a necromancer towards the top objective, and I run Black Knights and White King on the bottom objective. I score two out of three of them. Uh, I score two out of three of them. Uh, I debuff his unit of eels because he's running Stormcast Eternals, classic like protect the queen, uh, Star Drake. Plus he's got a a uh, allied unit of eels of attack eels. So uh, plus Paladors actually, pretty cool list actually. Big big fan. Um, so he goes. Uh, he blows up my screen exactly uh, with everything. So it's just like six Paladors, six eels about to charge Nagash, and Nagash is at half life from Palador shooting alone. Uh, which oh, is gosh. fucking what? crazy. <laughs> which is fucking crazy. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I I know. I think some liberators dropped down and shot him too. Whatever. It was. Had it was. Have. It was still have. crazy. I think it was the most still. Do is six wounds. <laughs> it was. He was at eight wounds left. Um. Yeah. No, it's a good list. I like it. Um. Except he only had one scoring unit in the whole army, which was his Star Drake. His Star Drake then attacks my Black Knights. Uh, all but kills the White King, leaving him on one wound. So he can test the point rather than scores it. Alright, so I have two points. He has zero points. We roll for initiative. The die leaves my hand and lands on a one. Like, we're shaking at the same time. The die, like, leaves my hand and lands before his. And it hits on a one and it skids across the table and it's a one. And he is, I see his face begin to light up as the die leaves his hand. And it lands on a one. So I go first. I unsummon my umbral spell portal. I resummon my umbral spell portal. I hand a dust to Stardrake. He can't score. <laughs> uh, you know, he guesses the wrong die. So it's like a four point process to my victory of like, I have to have every one of these. Because he's about to table me. <laughs> But it doesn't matter, because he can't score. Yeah. <laughs> and what I need you to know is that throughout that whole point, 
we're talking, the game is just happening. You know, we're like looking at each other more than we're looking at the models, and we're talking to each other more than we're talking about the game, you know? It was one of those games where we're just like, I'm having a conversation with a friend that I've just made instantly. Um, it was just, it was, it was such, like his, his, I want to call it professionalism, but it's like his just like respect for the game and his opponent is like top notch. It was just a, it was a, a great game and he lost. And I remember him just like, when that like initiative role came out, him just going, no, you know? And he was like, he was, he was animated and I was animated because I had a success because I had that one and then I tied it. So now I get to go. It was just like, and I'm just like, yeah. And he's like, no. And like, and it was like, it was like a wrestling match where I was maximum heel, you know, where like I had just delivered the low blow and, uh, and I'm just like flexing on it and like pointing and taunting the crowd and like everyone's worried about him. And it was just like. It was this heavyweight champions of the world match that where I just stole the win at the last second. If there was an audience, they'd just be gasping and to be brilliant storytelling, you know, like it was because I'm a good guy, but like to be able to play competitively, I have to play bad guy armies, if that makes sense, because I got to get into the mindset of what would, what would Nagash do, you know? What would my beast of chaos do raiding your village and destroying everything <laughs> to put your blood on the stone? Because if I don't have that, I like I'm gonna be Commander Shepard thinking we can solve it nonviolently. <laughs> so I like I have to play the villain army because I'm such a softy when it gets right down to it. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I could even say. I think if I if you like said say now I would say second Midwest meltdown game against Patrick Brindelson and he was playing daughters and I was playing the weird stormcast list that didn't make any sense and like it's one of those games where i don't really know what happened i remember like three parts of the game but i just think back on like one of the most engaging happiest two players you could have playing and and that's the game i think of um yeah it's not i don't know who won or who lost i think i lost but we just had this epic duel of 60 witches and a star drake in the middle of the table and it was it was uh just a beautiful beautiful moment and patrick is one of my top five favorite people in this in this community so it's just a, a great experience not nearly as good of an answer as yours but there's like i don't i don't remember a lot of tactical battle moments like i've had super close games that come to turn five and and are go to the end of turn five and great and fun but the things for me that i remember most are the people that i played against and the the impact that playing patrick had was like yeah this this drive to peoria was worth it for me so <laughs> that's that's the thing is like I, like i i i want to part of me exists where i want to be the competitive fine-tuned because i get like an imposter syndrome that starts to kick in like, I know, I know the rules, I know I'm really intelligent, and so on and so forth, but then I get to the table, and, like, start of that, that stuff starts to, like, fade away, where I don't need to bust your balls on the rules, any, like, I just, you know, I, like, I want to beat you, but I don't want to, I want to beat you on your level, I don't want to nickel and dime you, I don't want you to forget a rule, and then, you know, like, it's, I'm consistent yeah. in that respect, and so, like, I feel like I'm at, like, personally, like, there's two two sides of me that are at war there's there's the old mtg old 
old old Street Fighter Soul Caliber player who wants to win and winning is all that matters. In that context, it, it was because there's nothing for showing up. I don't even talk to you when I play play you in a game. I have headphones on, you know, like yeah. in Magic and in uh, Street Fighter and stuff like that. Like I don't even talk to you. I'm wearing headphones. Like, and then I show up to this game and it's like the game is almost like secondary. I'm going there to like as an excuse to drink beer and hang out with people that like Molly will accept. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like if I'm like, I'm going to go drink beer for two days and disappear from my family this weekend, like unacceptable. But if I'm like, I have a tournament to go to, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. And the, 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 the part of the games that have lasted for me are that outside stuff. Um, you know, I played uh, Jeremy Cooper at, at Akon, and he won. And I remember him going, this is the messiest table I've ever had. Because it was pure chaos. The murder that was... He was playing Seraphon, and I was playing, you know, the Bone Zone. And there were so many bodies all over the table. And he, he grabbed... He went into his bag, and he's like, I hand out one of these every tournament. He's like, this is your die. And so, like, I got my uh, my ever chosen Slambo die, you know. From <laughs> so I've got a I've got a Slambo die in my collection forever now, you know. Like, and it wasn't because I won the tournament or I have a hammer. I can, hammers are dime a dozen at this point. It's a meme. It's like, <laughs> but like, I've got the Slambo die that was gifted to me by, you know, one of the sons of Slambo. You know, one of yeah, yeah. I've got the 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 Slambo dice, and like that would is that's better than. Then, like, in, like, two or three or four years, as, like, the accolades will come just in general if you play the game well enough for long enough, right? Like, you'll just, you'll have your, you go to enough tournaments, you're going to, like, you're just going to, like, you're going to get stuff. You're going to achieve. But, like, the Slambo die memory I'm going to have in ten years, right? Like, as, if there's, if I end up with four hammers here. I won't remember which hammer's from what until I read the plaque. But the slam boat, I'm going to pick it up and just, like, smile instantly. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Look at Kyle telling stories about his filth at Holy Wars, a narrative event. <laughs> <laughs> Nagash, as filth, gross... All right, so I think we can wrap here. You have successfully pummeled uh, Tristan's record to where the ne next time he's got to really try for it <laughs> by going 30 minutes over him. Um, Shout-outs. You got any shout-outs you want to deliver? Uh, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't mention playing Slam podcast again. Um, playing and Slam. That's, that's my favorite podcast. Then Cubic Shenanigans, of course. As as I've mentioned, good friend of mine um, that handles that one. And I mean, that's that's really it. The other the other things everyone knows about, right? Like if I say Garage Hammer or if I say Warhammer Weekly, we're we're just like way down here compared to them. So, <laughs> but, if you're watching my cast, you've probably watched those other things. You know, like yeah, if you're, yeah. yeah. No, that's I, what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Now, no. Um. And then uh, if people want to like look at some of your hobby progress for or get in contact you, with you for escalation league maybe you're going to be the first person who really innovates the long distance 
Escalation League format. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do they do that? At MooseGeek underscore. That's me on Twitter. On uh, Twitter? That's the easiest way to, to get to me. Um, I allegedly have an email intern at basementofdeath.com that I've never received an email um, to. So you could also try that. <laughs> I have one sitting in my draft folder. I just wasn't sure if I should go <laughs> sincere or silly with it. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. 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 Uh, I don't know if we should give the dog this many treats, but maybe just a thank you. <laughs> um. Wow, Max, dude. With all the gifts ofs. Oh man. Okay. So like now you just gotta like spam the the Mister Meff CU. I can't even. <laughs> all right, Mochi. Here, just finish the the bag. Yeah, here's the bag. Here's the rest <laughs> of the treats. Just finish the bag. There you go, dear. <laughs> um. <laughs> thank you so much, Max, for uh. For all the gift subs there. <laughs> <laughs> That means a whole lot to me. We hit our goal. I now have to get. I now have to get new channel art. It's official because I get two new. Uh, get two new emotes for everybody. Um. So now, so now Max, what's up? Oh man. I'd also like to thank you for cementing this as the best rant cast of all time. Uh, so I. <laughs> I appreciate that. Episode Let's see you five, do that, Tristan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, the new emote. I want to do a deadly as ever. So Mr. Meth deadly, and we're gonna meme on the uh, deadly as ever thing. So it's gonna be me probably making a facial expression. You know, that's like laughing or something. Um, I think we gotta have a rant, like Mr. Meth rant, like something that gets like silly because like I've started a rant session. Uh, went during my normal stream. Like, I'm spitballing here. But you know what? If you want to, you can at me on on uh, on on the Twitters. Uh, send me a DM or something like that, and, and let me know your suggestion for what my next two emotes should be. And now I have to go throw money at Stone Monk because I told him if I hit the next tier of sub, I was gonna get a real profile picture instead of a Photoshop that I made. Nice. So, and he does fucking fantastic art. Like, I'm sure does. Big fan. So yeah, we were mid shoutouts. I'll I'll hop into Discord with you, Max, in a moment. Um, <laughs> and they gash emote. That's good oh, too. What if what if we do like instead of like the because you have like the the craygasm right? But we did the craygasm with Nagash. So he's just like there you go. Like Nagash is doing like you know like the that'd be pretty good I think. Oh yeah, the Nagash. Oh there we go. <laughs> Meph Nagash. Meph Nagash. Oh, I've got it. So there's the next emote. It's a... It is decided. <laughs> if you watch the league. Um, damn. And then, Max, remind me how I help you get my emote in Discord for you. Because <laughs> I know you're in Discord chat all the time. No. Dash, unsub, unsub to me. <laughs> unsub, Dash. <laughs> on a horse no it's fine to make fun of the way i say nagash it's not fun it's not fine to make fun of nagash himself no it's it's fine <laughs> y'all salty <laughs> all right as far as uh so i'm not gonna do shout outs on my own stream but i do want to reiterate cubic shenanigans and and uh plan and say slain podcast just 
if you like go go watch listen download um i have one app it's called a, a shout box i think it is it actually lets me download all the podcasts from all the different platforms whether it's itunes or spotify or whatever so that it's on one app and then i can listen to i set up a playlist and i listen to them all work week long uh they're always on my playlist every time uh what i love about the cubic shenanigans podcast is you get brendan being brendan the kind of like this this like (laughs) the you get the deadpan dry humor kind of filthy player guy and then you get Stormcaller Dan on the other side of things, who is just like the gushiest, most excited and happy to play the game guy. And so you have the passion, and then and then you have the passion on the one side. They're both passionate. I think Brendan, Brendan is a character just like I play a character on Twitter. Like I'm more of a villain, bad G or a you know evil GM, Supreme Lord of Death, Skeletor type than than what I really am in reality. Brendan, he has a passion for the game that I think is is it goes unsung you know like watching him get happy for for the potential of a bone reapers and an ogor's box in one and just to buy it and hold them both and cuddle them and go to sleep at night (laughs) with them under his pillow like that's the side that i don't think you realize exists but no you still get the the rules lawyer the filth player the account like the accolades and then you get the passion the narrative the reads the all the black library books on the other side it makes for a really good dynamic and then and then playing and slaying is quite simply, uh, it is, it is a like pure gaming podcast disguised as uh, descri- uh, d- disguised as an Age of Sigmar podcast. The whole crew there, the banter, the counterplay uh, between them, the chat, the the they're just there's just a wholesomeness. They're always playing games. They're always talking about new games coming down the the, the lines. Troy's. Uh, addiction to kickstarters is he basically owns kickstarter (laughs) it's it is worth that alone is like worth a listen just like there's like a there's like a narrative that goes through like just his what he is kickstarting as like as much as D &D week to week is what he is kickstarting and the progress through all that the first one was cubic shenanigans and so that one's like a, a total warhammer uh, podcast they do 40k and they do age of sigmar so you get both of them uh i usually uh zone out the most during the 40k part uh <laughs> i don't play 40k i'm sorry guys i want I, like I, if you love 40k you're awesome i want to <laughs> like the thing you like eh. i want to like the thing you like but i i just don't you cool i'm not judging you i it's just not for me i'm sorry it's just not um i live in the realm of like the fantasy fantasy that is age of sigmar you know it's like it is a fantasy game of a fantasy game at this point i love that it's that next a fantasy game has moved across the checkerboard of fantasy and said king me it's just (laughs) it's over the top fantasy i love it it's it's everything i want um (laughs) yes i still i told you i'd steal your line frank i told you i was coming for the line but it's yeah the fantasy fantasy Yeah, I've not heard of this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so thank you for tuning in, everybody. Um, you now have the high score successfully and uh, unquestionably, Bryce. <laughs> because if the no, if if the 
if the the time stamp didn't get it, I think the sub spam did. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's really much else uh, else to say about that. Any any clothing, uh, closing thoughts? Uh, thanks for having me. And I think I think just to echo a little bit of what what we said, you know, just uh, just make the effort to be part of the community that you're in or that that you want to be in, because look at how far apart are we right now? Probably about an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. And we just chatted for the last hour and a half and talked about uh, models, happiness and stuff like that. So. It's been three and a half hours.